Welcome to Pop Culture Elevator, where we can only go up until it's time to go down. I'm Danny. And I'm Mark. We're going to take you down the pop culture rabbit hole. Definitely an adventure. We will look at newer films as well as some older. We will take big blockbusters to the chopping block. And make you aware of the smaller indies and my favorite, B, C, and D films. Not just that, but we'll talk about the news, the what's going ons, and whatever in pop culture today. Now Now let's let's get get this show on the road. And if you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Gmail at popcultureelevator.com. That's right. And you can also find us at our Instagram, Pop Culture Elevator, as well as our Twitter, PCE Podcast. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. Before we get into the review, we'd like to tell you there will be spoilers. You've been warned. Right. So if you want to go watch the movie and come back to us, that would be great. Welcome back, passengers, to another episode of Pop Culture Elevator Horror Edition. That's <laughs> right, edition. everyone. We're, we're, we're still on to our slasher films, which will be all of October. And, well, it was only going to be one film, and now Mark um, talked me into to doing a whole franchise. That's right. I was like, how are we going to talk about Scream 1 without talking about the other movies at all? It's well, just it's- too hard so the scream franchise and uh it's it's i don't think it's too hard i think you thought it was too hard I thought yeah it's, it's like eating a tootsie pop without biting into the middle you know like or eating any of the middle rather <laughs> yeah i mean i'm glad that i watched all four of them in a row because it was a very different experience than watching them uh in const you know like in years apart yeah. uh-huh. like we originally did and then like basically i've done since it's been a long time since I've sat down and watched the movies. I saw Scream so many times in my uh, teenage years that I know the movie pretty well. Yeah. So it, that's not, you know, that wasn't a big deal. But Scream 2, I only remembered bits and pieces of, like, the important stuff. So I could call, like, this was going to happen, this was going to happen. I remember this happening. Uh, and then Scream 3, yeah, forget it. I remembered some things and not others. And then Scream 4, I just totally... I don't remember. I don't know why. Maybe I didn't watch Scream 4 good enough. I, I was in Korea at the time. I couldn't see it in the theaters. Uh, they didn't bring it out there. And so I think at some point I watched it uh, on my computer. Um, and I probably didn't pay attention well enough. In 2011, I had a, one of those mini computers. I didn't bring a big computer with me. Yeah. So I, anything I watched was, was not watched with like super intent. Yeah, that was pretty much my impression of 4. Like, I remember watching it. I remember enjoying it. But it's, like, I can't really remember specific sequences like I could the other three. Right. You know what I mean? And so, like, my notes, like, going through my notes as I went through the movies, uh, it's so funny because Scream and Scream 2 and Scream 3, all the notes are like, oh, yeah, and then I like this, I like that. And Scream 4, I put in stuff like, is this the killer? No, wait, yeah. I think this person's the killer. No, wait, I'm <laughs> calling it right now. It's this person. And that, you know, so, and we'll talk more, I guess, about that uh, coming up. So let's, let's, um, well, first off, guys, we're going to uh, announce the winners of our, of our first contest that will get the sticker pack that we talked That's about. That's right. Yay. So the winner is Joey. He, he was, he got it almost. Immediately. He was one movie off, just yeah. immediately had it, uh, the exact answers. 
So excitingly enough, now you know that uh, Scream franchise this week, next week is, um, well, Mark's trying to talk me into doing the whole Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Yes, same reasoning behind doing the whole franchise. The original intent is that uh, I just wanted to do Dream Warriors since that was like the the kids fighting back um, to the slasher because everything else has been about mostly about slashers getting everybody, but this is them fighting back. Um, I'm going to try to talk Mark into a different version of watching a few of the films, but uh, we'll talk more about that later. And then the last two films we'll do, which will come out right before Halloween, will be Halloween from the 70s and the 2018 version of Halloween uh, that pretends like none of the sequels ever happened. So, uh, uh, fellow passengers, if you would please uh, send in your vote, uh, if you'd like us to do... Uh, just one of the nightmares or a couple or your favorites, let, let us know. We'd love to hear back from you and uh, it'd be cool. I'm thinking one, three, and seven because Wes Craven did those. Uh, yeah, although I do like two, but uh, yeah, I'm, we'll figure it out. Yeah, it'll, it'll, we'll, it'll figure itself out, I'm sure. Yeah, um, we, we, we had that, but we had an original lineup and congratulations, Joey, for nailing it. Na- it was yeah. awesome. He, he and uh, that's a great segue into our first ever sponsor of our show, real sponsor. Uh, and uh, that is uh, Film Fit Store. Uh, and if any of you are looking for it on Instagram, that's Film Fit underscore store. And what we have today courtesy of our sponsor is an awesome shirt dedicated to this movie uh scream the first scream and it's a t-shirt with ghost face on it and the quote uh movies don't create psychos movies make psychos more creative uh as said by skeet Rich, otherwise known as billy loomis in the movie scream and right. uh we're gonna have a contest again another giveaway and uh, we're going to have some trivia questions posted on the facebook page later on tonight uh well yeah excuse me yeah, you're you're right. from our release date, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, and it's going to be uh, three um, questions that you'll have to answer correctly. And it will all be, of course, about the film franchise, Scream. Mm-hmm. So, so thank you so much to Film Fit Store. Yes. We really appreciate it. Go check them out online. They have really cool shirts with uh, quotes. And uh, I cannot wait to see more of their products. I'm so excited. And I can't wait to see who wins the t-shirt. Right. I am super excited for this. That'll be awesome. That'll be really awesome. Hopefully we have a, uh, a nice uh, relationship with Film Fit Store. That's right. Yeah, right away, man. They were just like, yes, come on. Yeah, we'd love it. So I told them we were doing Scream, and it was just a perfect fit. Perfect. Ha, perfect fit. Like the T-shirt. <laughs> like the T-shirt. So uh, once the winner wins, they'll be able to send us their size uh, and uh, you communicate with Film Fit Store directly so y'all can get your free T-shirts. Right. And again, we really do appreciate this Film Fit Store. That is, that's freaking awesome that you're doing this for us and our listeners. So um, let's move into Scream. Let's talk about Scream a little bit. So this franchise started in what, 90... Uh, 96. 96, that's right. Mm-hmm. So 96. I, I remember being, I don't know, I want to say 14 years old, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little, it was 13, 14 years old when this movie came out. And I wanted to see it so, so bad. Yes. I just, I know that I wanted to see this in theaters. This was the movie I wanted to see. And my, my mom raised me on scary movies. Okay? Yeah, same here. We were so, able to watch them. So I wanted to see this real bad. And this was at the time... 
when a parent could walk up to the movie theater box office with you, mm-hmm. sign the back of your ticket, and then they'll let you in without an ID. Right. Yeah. So that's how my, that's, I, my mom would drop me off at the theater. She'd sign the back of my ticket. I'd see a movie and then she'd come pick me up. I remember doing this several times back in the day. Um, but I was grounded. <gasps> and my what mom knew. <laughs> my mom knew I wanted to see Scream. So she grounded me from seeing Scream in the theaters. Oh, man. You, you were never grounded back in the day. What did you do? I got did you kill grade. a cat I got or something? Bad grades. I got, I got bad oh, grades. Oh, that's obviously, that's what it had to be. Yeah, no, it's always grades. It was, for me, it was always grades, dude, or talking back. Oh, uh, um, okay. But it was always grades. That, that's what got me grounded, really. You know, talking back got you sent to your room, but grounded, yeah. you know, for something from something that's you know that was more like grades or some stupid thing like that and you were a great student you were never grounded in high school no no well <laughs> but so that school, was a little bit before yeah high school is a little bit easier than middle school i don't know why um <laughs> so anyway yeah i remember wanting to see this so bad but the day it came out on vhs i bought the vhs Cha-ching. yeah i remember god i remember vhs as being like 20 bucks and now uh-huh. it's like Blu-rays and 4Ks are like 20 bucks. It's like yeah. so weird to have that in your head that way. You can't get people to take donations of VHS collections right. now. It's insane. Right. And I, I remember I bought a really cool cover. I think it was like a special edition cover. And it was just so cool. I wish I still had the VHS, you know? I, I think I, I still I, do somewhere. But uh, it had a really cool cover on it and all this stuff. I'm Really, they if the people, if if... Dimension Films or whoever owns the Scream franchise right now hears this. For the love of everything holy, please release this on 4K, actual 4K restoration. To have only the 720p Blu-rays out yeah. is, a, is, is a disservice to this fantastic franchise. Yeah. Um, so Scream is about a girl, Sydney who is uh, forever bothered by the killer Ghostface. And Ghostface mm-hmm. is transcendent. It is people that Sydney knows somehow, or they know her, and they put on the Ghostface mask and try to go after her. And they've done it for four films. We're going to see it in the fifth film uh, coming up in a couple of years. I, I say a couple of years. I don't know if it's going to come out in 21 or 22. But... Um, and, and that's really the, the big and short of it. And, and here's what I want to say before we start anything. This is about trust mm-hmm. and, tr- and, and the mistrust or the, and the, or the losing the trust of friends and family. That, but also advancing technologies. Because oh, sure. if you notice each one, it was, it was, we were lucky enough to see the transitions from technology. So uh, even in Scream 3, they're still using a fax. Right. Uh, for one of the deaths. And, uh, you know, and so uh, in Scream 1, we didn't have caller ID back in the day. And so Scream 2, she had it. Right. And, and, Scream, so, and Scream 2, fun fact, uh-huh. uh, it tripled the amount of people who bought caller yep. ID. Yep. I remember that. Fun and fact. then eventually it became actually incorporated into our phones before it used to be a little square box. Yep. You we plugged into your box, phone. Yeah. <laughs> we had that stupid little square yeah. box. Yeah. <laughs> Now it's on your phone all the time. But and even cell phones, when they originally started coming out, didn't have caller ID. That's right. So they would just say ring, answer, or no. Right, exactly, exactly. The little brick Nokia phones. Yeah. Uh, I want to say even well into college, we didn't have caller ID on our phones. 
Uh, mm. I don't remember. Maybe my. Well, the, I think the first iPhone, iPhone came out in in uh, my freshman year of college. That was no first iPhone was two thousand five. Yeah, so that would have been my freshman year of college. Was that really your freshman year of college? Uh, well, I graduated high school in five and then started. I remember buying the uh, the iPhone one. Anyway, that's that's yeah. Going, Anyways, going on color ID is important. So, uh, <laughs> but also the advancement of technology when it comes to the uh, the voice decoder, the voice uh, yes. changer. Because originally it was this little tiny box. It's a floss box with, which, and you would talk through the string across it. And the, that, the string was supposed to distort the voice. Is that really what it was? I believe so. Or, I, or it might have been something else, but that's what it looked like. I had uh, I had the voice changer because I bought the uh, yeah. costume for Halloween that year. Yeah, I remember and I that. Had, and so it would it, the 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 costume I had was seven feet tall. Like yeah. it come off you. It had a stupid like structure you put on your like a backpack, and it came up off the top. And then the scream head was above. The ghost face head was above, and there was a speaker there. And then down where your face was, where you saw out of the chest, was the uh, voice changer. And I it saw those pictures of us, dude. I said, if I didn't look, if I couldn't look any shorter next to you, and then you put on <laughs> this costume and you were seven foot, it was insane. Uh, it was awesome. That was a right. great costume year, though. Oh, it was fun. It was super fun. And, and I remember, because uh, you could take the whole thing off and just wear the thing as normal. Yeah. And I remember my brother and his two friends and I were watching the movie and I said, I have to go to the bathroom and I went and put on the <laughs> costume and I opened up the door screaming and they just screamed as loud as possible. I just remember that being so funny to me. Oh man. We used to get so fun over there at your place. That was awesome. Yeah, it was good times, but um, are great. So, you know, the, the 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 voice changers changed a lot, especially into three when all of a sudden they had a voice changer that could do other people's voices. Yes. Just uh the killer's voice. Who the the ghost face voice was um Roger I gotta I gotta look here. I've I've lost it for a second. Um Wow, my my Roger Jackson. Roger Jackson has been <laughs> the ghost face voice from the very beginning. Yeah, the entire time. I and, was going to say that the entire franchise, I really like that the voice pretty much stays consistent. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe never, a little bit, but yeah. To make it even scarier, they never let uh, Roger meet any of the cast that were going to be uh, on the phone with them. Nice. It's so, scarier when a complete stranger gets on the phone. You know, that, that reaction, well, like, that it's, visceral you know, like, reaction is, is real. That's cool. Drew Barrymore... Um, was treated really badly on set to make her oh, no to no for on purpose yeah but to, still. to really scare her mm-hmm. so like Wes Craven would like say stuff to her and also tell her stories like of like dead dogs and dead animals and stuff so she'd be like sad and scared ah. yeah <laughs> I remember back in the day when you could actually tell a ghost story and people would be like oh what that that's, that could happen to me that's that so could scary. happen right now. That's so oh, scary. Well, and you know that. Don't listen to this while you're driving, because there could be someone in your back seat. with the hook on his hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, someone flashing their brights at you. It's not because they're chasing you. It's because there's someone in your back seat. What I really love about these films is that it could happen. Yes. There was never. Exactly. There was never a doubt in my mind that someone was going to come through my window with a knife and Until kill me. Until '96. 
Right. No, like, <laughs> I thought it. Like I was, after 96 happened, I remember watching this movie so much that I was at my grandparents' house in California and it was out on a farm house, farm area, because they live on a, like a ranch. And I was like, I'm going to die tonight. Someone's going to jump through this window of this bedroom and kill me. You know, I, I say that about not being concerned about somebody entering our home uh, and, until 96. But actually, it was 1993 when Christopher Lloyd played a thief and Dennis the Menace. Oh. And he reminded us all to lock our doors. <laughs> that maybe, maybe Home Alone as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely Home Alone. <laughs> to Harry and Marv, the Sticky Bandits. The, and the Wet Bandits. And the Wet Bandits. Um, so anyway, Wes Craven directed these four movies. Um, and Wes Craven, of course, before that had done Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors, and mm-hmm. later on would do uh, New Nightmare. Yes. Uh, where, you know, it's all meta. He loved the meta stuff. He really did, especially uh, in four. Yes. Oh, he really went hard. Four was that. hardcore meta. Uh, yeah. The Hills Have Eyes. He did Swamp Thing for Marvel. Not Marvel, I'm sorry, DC. Yeah. Uh-huh. The DC Swamp Thing. And uh, The Last House on the Left, which is like his first feature. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So he's done a lot of stuff, and, and, and we lost Wes Craven in 2015, sadly. Rest in peace. He was great. Oh, he was fantastic. And, and actually, uh, from what I hear, a really good guy. So, you know, it's, it's really sad to lose one of these amazing horror directors from our childhood and into, like, adulthood, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And it stars... Oh, by the way, I'm also going to mention Kevin Williamson wrote uh, three of the four films. Um. He did the first two, and he did the fourth one. Kevin mm-hmm. Williamson, who uh, is known also for being the creator of uh, Dawson's Creek, <laughs> uh, which I find really funny. And you'll find that Dawson's Creek characters uh, pop up in the movies, well, actors. Sprinkled about. Let's sprinkle them in there. Um, <laughs> these are all products of the 90s. Yeah, honestly. hardcore, especially three. Uh, three is, yeah. Big time three so, went hardcore 90s. So uh, Kevin Williamson did not write the third one. He had notes for it. And Aaron Kruger, which I find very funny being the name, cool. Kruger, yeah. <laughs> uh, wrote the third one and threw out the script, uh, threw out the notes and wrote his own thing, mm. which I'm kind of sad. Like watching it, it's, it's fine, but I'm kind of sad because, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. Yeah. Reasoning why I like the original notes. But I think the reason you talked about is going to perhaps play out in the sequel. That's maybe, coming out. maybe, maybe, because I'm like when because I was like, what would what would they do? And we'll talk about it in a minute. But I was like, oh man, that light bulb that Kevin started Williams, a light bulb for me. Yeah, unfortunately, Kevin Williamson's not writing the fifth one, but uh-huh. the but guys there who are notes. Writing, yeah, there <laughs> uh, so Nev Campbell stars as Sidney Prescott. We know Nev Campbell from Wild Things and The Craft. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, which are two. Fun movies from our 90s. Oh, definitely. And The Craft that's going to come out, I really hope it holds a candidate to the is, original. Is it called The Craft Legacy? Is that it's, uh, it's a girl with the craft tattoo, I think. <laughs> it's not. It's not just like kidding. that at all. I just, that's what every movie's called now. Somebody with a whatever tattoo. <laughs> okay. uh, so we've got Nev Campbell playing Sidney Prescott, the main star. We have Courtney Cox playing Gail Weathers, the news reporter, who pretty much sucks all of the first three movies not sucks. She's not a good person, but she's awesome. I really liked her character. Yeah. I mean, well, she, she really uh, harnesses 
every relationship she can to be at the top of the solving the mystery. She uses right? everyone. Exactly. Yeah. And then you have, uh, she was from Friends, by the way. She, she Monica. Monica. And mm-hmm. then also, I'm just going to mention this. She was in Masters of the Universe, the He-Man movie with Dolph Lundgren. Oh, my God. Yeah, she was the, the love interest girl, whatever. Wow. I just like. that's like, Yeah, you know, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, she, you know, she's been in a lot of stuff since then. Yeah, uh, yeah. We have uh, David Arquette. I'm sorry, guys. I'm looking at my list, and it's just so huge because we're doing a franchise. So you have to forgive me. Yes. David Arquette, who plays uh, Deputy and then Sheriff Dewey. Deputy uh, Dewey Riley. Yes, and he, you'll know David Arquette from uh, great little 90s movies like Ready to Rumble. Yes! And, I, lo- uh, <laughs> yeah. I love that. I'm so glad you said that one. Ready to Rumble is so fun. And then um, he was also in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Yes. Uh, we also have Skeet Ulrich. Ulrich or Ulrich? I never know how to say his name. I think it's Ulrich. Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, Skeet, I'm going to say Skeet Ulrich, and you can say Skeet Ulrich, and we'll... Go back and forth if we want to. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> uh, so he plays Billy Loomis, uh, who's the boyfriend of of Nev Campbell of Sydney mm-hmm. Prescott. Sydney Prescott. And he was from. He's recently from Riverdale. He was. Uh, he's. He was Jughead's dad, or is Jughead's dad? I don't know if he still is. And then uh, we also have him. He was also in The Craft. Yes, as the rapey boyfriend. Yep. And then he was uh, also in a TV show that was pretty short lived called Jericho. Those are yeah, I yeah. put in like the stuff that he's known for. Uh-huh. And we got Matthew Lillard who plays Stu, which is Billy Loomis's best friend. Also Rose McGowan's uh, who plays Tatum Riley, her boyfriend in the movie. Mm-hmm. You'll know Matthew Lillard from Scooby-Doo, Hackers, Wing Commander, and She's All That. That's right. I had to put Wing Commander in there, man. I love that movie. <laughs> it's so dumb, but I love that movie. I, I really feel like he was going to like break out. He felt like he was going to break out from that movie. Right, like, you well, know, like even more. And Scooby Doo right was like his breakout film. Was it? Uh, I don't know if he ever broke out. I felt like you know, well, I felt like you know, SLC Punk and uh, that's and, God, I and, forgot uh, to mention SLC Punk. Yeah. I feel like those were his breakouts, and I think he was trying to get to like another plateau. Like bigger and, but I, Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it just kind of never went to that ultra stardom. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but since I did mention uh, Matthew Lillard being uh, Rose McGowan's uh, boyfriend in the movie, so Rose McGowan played Tatum Riley. Uh-huh. You'll know Rose McGowan. And also, Tatum Riley is also Sydney's best friend. Right. You'll notice Rose McGowan from Jawbreaker and uh, Charmed. She also claimed to fame was dating uh, Marilyn Manson for a while. Oh, that was like one of my first, like the only, you know, I never really paid attention to celebrity couples for the longest time, but, but that was one like, of the first ones. And I was just like, what's going on? Well, like, heart, and, you know, heartbreaking when they broke up too. You're yeah. Like, no, I love them together. But also like, as far as I was concerned at the time, I had only seen uh, Rose McGowan in somewhat, you know, mainstream aesthetic roles. Right. And uh, like, Stepfordy, you know. So when I saw her on the on the aisle of uh, was it the Oscars or the Emmys or whatever, yeah. and uh, on the arm of Marilyn Manson, I was just like, "What's happening?" Especially her outfit was right. essentially completely see through. It wasn't oh, yeah. fabric. It was just like kind of a chain link beaded thing, <laughs> and it was like I was like, "That's not even clothes." But it's like chain mail. Yeah, it was exactly. Except yeah. in no way, shape, or form could it help you in battle. So. Right. No, 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 no. no. Well, it's, and this is, you know, Rose McGowan just goes crazy for her stuff. Now she's kind of 
off the wall crazy stuff now but right. uh, anyway I, I did like them together i don't know how good they were together but whatever it doesn't matter mm-hmm. um i did like that he showed up in jawbreaker as like the creepy dude yeah that was awesome yeah um and then rounding off like the people who kind of stay you know who are like the mainstays of the of the movie and the mm-hmm. series itself jamie kennedy as randy yes um and randy being like the us yeah randy the ultra is, nerd the movie buff yeah. he's gonna tell you how to survive and you're not gonna listen to him he gives the rules <laughs> in all three of the move all three of the um the original trilogy right which, and we'll, we'll get into why we call it the original trilogy yeah and which i really liked uh i think that was a very novel thing that finally one of the greats was just flat out laying down the rules of a movie of uh horror movies uh back in the 90s and I think it was so cool um, for them to try and play that out and figure out their survival. Yeah. It was the, it was so great. There were so many novel things in this movie that made it a, a, a classic, a modern classic. Well, it was meta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um, kind of still don't know what that means, but to me it means like coolception, like it, cool it within means, a cool thing. It means you, you <laughs> know you're kind of, you know what's happening. Like it's a movie knows what it is. Oh, I get you. So yeah, basically it respects its origins uh, consciously. Yeah. Yeah. Conscious decisions to obey the The whole like Sydney being like, I hate scary movies because the stupid girl runs upstairs when she should have ran out the door. Yeah. Like that whole thing, like knowing the roots. Yeah. Yeah. Scream 4 really drew it out in crayon for me. Right. Yeah. Right. But I love what's what's that word you're using? I don't know what meta means. Yeah. I don't know. I heard the kids using it. What a yeah. <laughs> um, so let's bring out the guest star is Drew Barrymore. Yes. This initial kill. This is Drew Barrymore at the top of her game. Really? This is Drew Barrymore when she was still America's love interest. Yeah, she had just done E.T. No, I'm just kidding. No way. This is a way after yeah, that. Yeah, way after kidding. that. <laughs> uh, but this is, this is Drew Barrymore at the top of her game. They got Drew Barrymore, and they sold, the trailers sold you that Drew Barrymore is in this movie. Yes. Then the first 15 minutes of the film, they kill her in the yes. most disturbing, gutting, like, way for 1996. <laughs> Yes, I mean, uh, and it was the best graphics we ever had, the most detail I feel like we ever had. I mean, literally, they eviscerate her and hang her from a tree. I'm sorry to go that great. It was insane. We've never had it where someone such a big star was now a glorified cameo. Yes. Right? And in the best ways possible. And and it it just is amazing to me that that we had that, that we got that. Uh, in the 90s. Now it's not a big deal. Now you can have a TV show that touts to have, you know, blah, blah, blah in it, and then they kill that person in the first episode. And you're like, what? Uh-huh. I was watching this because of that. But, uh, you know, it's not so much a big thing that now, but it was a big thing then, especially, you know, again, to have Drew Barrymore. You're like, holy crap, that's Drew Barrymore. Another technological thing that they kind of used was, you know, like back in the day, I really feel like it was more commonplace. Like if you had a phone line, there was one phone line and maybe multiple phones, but uh, you had like a main line and then a cordless phone that hooked up to that. So you didn't have to be there. Right. And so that whole kill scene, I really feel is indicative of the time because the mother picks up the phone trying to call the police and the daughter was already trying to do that. So her line was up 
and she has to listen to her demise, the daughter oh, yeah, that demise. Was, that's such an awful scene. Yeah, you have uh, that just gut-wrenching scream going into the opening uh, of the movie. Well, and then poor, poor Steve, who came over to see his girlfriend, uh, gets yes. caught up in this whole thing. <laughs> and she didn't oh, get the man. she didn't get the question right. Uh, yeah, that the star of Friday the Thirteenth was not Jason Voorhees, but Jason's mother. Mother, uh-huh. right? Which I love about these movies being so uh, into horror movies that they mention all these other horror movies and have trivia about those, and they're just so cool. But um, so we had Drew Barrymore as a as a guest star, which was really cool, and y- using her scene later in all of like the movies within the movie stab series. <laughs> yeah. Where you have, her, like, her death scene is always what's on the movie. Right. Where you have Heather Graham playing a her. Movie. Yeah, exactly. I love that. They're like, there's no actual nudity in the screen <laughs> movies, but in the <laughs> that, stab movie, everyone's like, Oh, she that make terrible it. line that she has. It's like, I don't even know you, but I already dislike you. <laughs> <laughs> and that was cool to see again, another star, Heather Graham being in yes. there. And she was just getting, big in that regard as well and so it's kind of cool that they did that Wes Craven got some really good people in these movies mm-hmm. before they were like huge as well um so I want to stop there on people that are oh one more Leave Schreiber who yes, is Captain only Leary. seen in like pictures or like news clips exactly because uh, he's first like movie. being handcuffed and taken to jail well and then here's another thing in movies today You'll see someone, they put someone in there and then they're in the sequel, but it's a totally different actor playing them because they didn't think about this person being in it. But Lee Schreiber right. was in all three of the first trilogy. Right. And so that was really cool that they used Lee Schreiber in that. Uh, and of course, this is pre uh, Manchurian Candidate and yes. Ray Donovan now. Um, uh, and uh, Sabretooth. And of course, <laughs> Free Origins, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's cool to have him in there and, and see that and how young he looks in the first movie uh, compared to the second, then compared to the third. Right. You know, it, it's just so crazy to see that. It's, you know, it's with all these actors, I guess. It's with all actors now. Uh, Nev Campbell uh-huh. pretty much uh, stays the same, looking you know, the same the whole time. Yep. I also love uh, how Gail Weathers throughout the movies, not a single time does she have the same haircut. Except, yeah. Oh my gosh, I hated her haircut in three. In, uh, yeah, three. Those, I'm sorry, I was saying it was two, but it was bangs. the bangs. I'm sorry, ladies. I don't care what your friends say. If any of your friends ever tell you to get bangs, they hate you. No. And fringe uh, do bangs. not do them. Do, do not, not do, do a them. fringe bang. That's what she had. Like, it looked like scissors cut in and out and in and out like a child did her hair. <laughs> it looked like, it looked like, it ended up looking like a wig. Like, or like uh, a... Yeah, yeah, like totally. She had to shave her head, but not? Or like, they had to cut her hair at every take. Yeah, like, it was... Like, you know, when you get out of place and you just had to, you know, take a little off. But yeah, those, that looked bad. And not then, practical. Dewey pretty much looks the same throughout the whole franchise, just maybe a little older as he goes along. Yeah, um, but also rightfully so because of how much damage he takes. Oh god, he takes all the damage. That he takes dude. all the damage. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk Scream. Let's talk the first Scream movie because we don't want to try yes. to go. We don't want to go super duper long like we did Mallrats with just two of us. But we want to try to get through this. So hey, this is our conversation. You know, <laughs> A, B, C your way in. Get, get on in. Dive in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so stuff, I'll go, I'll touch on some stuff in my notes here. 
Is it not creepy to you how Henry Wrinkler's principal? Oh, I, I, wait, creepy? No, because I love Henry oh, I love Wrinkler. Him. But but when he has uh, oh in the office and he touches Sydney's face, yes, and it's just such this like. Why well, there were some parts where I thought that he might be the killer when I originally watched this movie back in the day. You know, I was very young, so every adult was a suspect, you know? <laughs> so, so I was just like, oh, my God, could it be Henry Winkler? Right. And then I was like, nah. And then you see the scene where he's playing with the ghost mask he took from a student. Yeah. And he's all, oh, so you know it's not And he yet. scares himself with it, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> he closes the door. He scares himself in the mirror. Right. <laughs> uh Sid gets called into the police office or the uh, principal's office. The police want to talk to her because this kind of uh, mirrors something with her mom. Um, well, not yes. mirrors something with her mom, but they know her mom died a year ago and it's coming up on that date and they just want to make sure, you know, she's okay I, and all that. I believe the, uh, yeah, that's right. It was an anniversary and uh, of the mother's death. It was the day. Yeah. That's when the murder happened, the anniversary. So they called her in and everyone's like, you know, sorry, sorry, we have to call you in, but uh, right. it's protocol. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's how we figure out that Noreen Prescott, Maureen Prescott, Maureen, yeah. uh, she, she uh, was murdered uh, by Cotton Weary. And that's why we see Cotton Weary on all the news channels, because he's the one who allegedly killed. Sydney Prescott raped mother. and killed her, raped and killed. And Sydney was the reason he's in jail, because she saw him. Wearing, um, she saw a man yeah, wearing well, a jacket. We don't get into that until the <laughs> sequel, sir. Or the ending. Or, the ending. Or mid- middle, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gail, Gail thinks that uh, Cotton was set up. And obviously, yes. rightly so. Rightly um, so. Well, we find more about Maureen. Maureen's like the big reason for the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. She's a big cornerstone. There's a lot. There's a... It you find out a story. lot of Maureen later in the She films. really tore down... Or she she really hurt people on her path. It's, it's interesting watching all four of them in a row and seeing the progression that they took, especially with the first trilogy. The fourth one, of course, was supposed to be a take on, on horror movie reboots. Yeah. Uh, but it worked really well the way they did it because it still kind of had a Maureen thing, but it was more Sydney this time around. Number which one? Four. Yeah, it was just kind of playing an homage to the original killers more so than their motive. So So just like it had to happen the way they did it, but the motive was way different. But watching all of them together, it's I love the flow. It works really well. Um, It's really fun. So going back into Scream, I'm sorry. Knowing the ending of Scream made Stu's conversation about gutting people so much better. Oh, I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. To uh, attacked. Yes. It takes whole, a man to do something like that. Yeah. And you can tell that they have no, uh, they do not care. They, they really don't care about women. They, they kind of have a, a bad view on women and you can tell. Well, I think that it, it's intentional. Uh, you know, uh, Skeet Ulrich is always being uh, hurt, uh, hurt by, well, for one, his mother and two, uh, technically by Nev Campbell, I think he takes it personally that their uh, relationship didn't advance uh, fast enough physically. Sure. Well, they've been together for two freaking years. Right. So, and, you know, don't get me wrong, it's frustrating, but you don't, you don't know if it, murder, it doesn't you know, warrant murder. a murderous rampage. Yeah. Of course, so. he, wasn't, he wasn't murdering because that she wouldn't put out. He was murdering 
because he it was because to- she was the daughter of the person who destroyed his family. Right. So as we go on, we think Maureen Prescott is this this saint because that's what we see through Sydney's eyes. We come to find out that Maureen <laughs> actually was sleeping with people around town and flaunting her stuff. Yes. And cheating on her thought. father. And he's like, if you're if you're chased and I can't penetrate you this way, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. penetrate you with a knife. So, uh, it's so terrible. Excuse me. <laughs> so then... This movie also makes me never want to live on a farmhouse. Just wanted to point that out. Oh, no way, dude. You have much more rain to use uh, a shotgun on your pasture. Sorry, if I don't have a shotgun, though, I've got suburbs. I can run to the neighbor's house or hopefully other neighbor's house or whatever and get away. I would hope that it'd be different this time around, but maybe not. I'm sure I would just die. I'm sure I would just get killed no matter where I was. Um because I'm I'm not that fast, and I'm not like some of these people who the kill. That's the what I'm thinking. I'm like, it. you're not that fast, and I don't think I'm going to see you like like boss jumping over like a fence. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna body slam the freaking ghost face if he comes at me. Yeah, I'm gonna try to to fight my, with my life. I know I'm not gonna be able to outrun this dude. Freaking some yes. of these people in the movies have ninja skills. That knife's coming at my face. It's probably gonna hit my face. The only person. <laughs> who gets stabbed in the movies that didn't do anything uh, was the publicist in Scream 4. That, um... She's the only one who just screams as a killer is running at her with a knife that she yeah. could have gotten out of the way. He, uh, well, did, she was already running from him because they were on the phone. She right. was scaring she got him. To the, she got to the stairwell, realized the door wasn't was open locked, in the stairwell. Turned she around. turned around. He's running at her with a knife out, and uh-huh. she just screams. Instead of, like, trying to move or duck or run, she just stays there. Anyway, that, that's, that's true because yeah, everyone else puts up a, a significant fight. She put up no fight. Yeah, she's and the it's only so funny one. because then eventually she goes on to uh, play a role in Glow, where all she does is fight. <laughs> which sadly has been canceled. So. Yes, I, I just saw a post about them wrapping yeah. up filming, and it was very beautiful. They had a whole bunch of, I think it was Alison Bree's uh, Instagram. Yeah. Where she posted a few pictures with the cast and whatnot. It was very awesome. Anyway, we digress. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I watched the movie, the first one, and, and one of my notes was, how did we not see that Billy was the killer from the start? <laughs> but I guess they gave well, us enough red herrings that it, it, you know, but I was like, this dude is just creepy. They kind of call it out right away. So, uh, because, you know, they're talking around the water fountain, and first Tatum dies. And they're talking around the water fountain about him and, you know, Jamie Kennedy. You mean Casey? Uh, excuse me. Yes. Yes. Uh, Drew Barrymore's character in the beginning, she was killed. And that was Stu's ex-girlfriend. Yes. And so they're kind of like, they're right away, they're talking about, uh, you know, how Stu could have killed this girl just out of hatred for an ex, right? Regardless of him having a current girlfriend. And so Jamie Kennedy is making the joke, like, did you really put her lever in the mailbox next to their spleen and pancreas? And, uh, <laughs> and oh, yeah, Stu makes his joke about, uh, you better live her alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's getting mad, buddy. And this uh, is... So anyways, uh, you, you can kind of see that there's somewhat of a misogynistic tone kind of growing here. Well, just with Stu, but Billy is... Billy's actually defending. He's like, you're such an idiot. Like, stop doing that. Like, yes. he's actually being a good guy. But, like, whenever he comes to her window and crawls through and he's trying to 
get a little play and she shows him her boob, which <laughs> yeah, always annoyed me. They go last. full PG-13. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she gets, uh, like the next night she gets attacked. Yeah. And in her house, Sydney does, and, Bill, and Billy pops Billy Loomis pops up again and drops the cell phone and drops the cell phone, which of course I, you know, now seeing it now, you're like, Oh, he did that. To, exactly. That's his out. He to was get out. him out. Right. And so yeah. then the cops figured out all that, but this leads me to one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Hmm. Oh, uh, I read your book or I heard about your book. And she's like, <laughs> Gail's like, I heard about, uh, yeah, I'll send you a copy. And Nev Campbell like, punches her in the face. I love the quote that that she's um, that Tatum says later. Tatum. She's like, uh, "I'll send you a copy." Bam! Bitch went down. Yeah, <laughs> like it's man, just, Sid, super bitch. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> we had to bleep that out. Excuse me. I'm not gonna bleep it out. That's fine. <laughs> it's a direct. We're quoting. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not the f word. Yeah. Um, that was great. Um, what else? Dewey's just always being disrespected throughout that whole film by her disrespected sister. damaged <laughs> degraded my, my name is my name is dwight it's deputy dwight yeah or deputy oh. riley and she's like okay deputy dewey what did mom tell you when yeah. i wear this badge i'm a man of the law poor dude <laughs> poor dude 25 years old and still being disrespected but, by his but, sister yeah his sister in the middle of a cop station and where yeah. he works where he works yeah um what else did I write down here? Uh, oh, oh and then I was suspecting the police chief also. Were you uh, really? Uh, well, just, you know, because they do that shot of his boot, and it's oh. like the killer's boot. Yeah. And, uh, so it's like, oh. So, uh, you know, they give you a little hint that it makes you suspect for a moment. Not that I thought he There's was There's a lot of red running. herrings. Definitely like not, of, yeah. Maybe it was her father, and he's going off the rails. Which I know. think every movie does a good job of making you think for a moment, hey, what if he did it? What sure. did. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Billy talking to Sid in the hallway, and when he like, <laughs> says the stuff about her mom, and you're just like, oh, it's oh just so, stop talking. Oh, it's so cringy. It hurts. Yes, and I love how they make fun of it. Uh, and uh, which Olson? Which one Olson is it? Uh, Luke Wilson. Luke right? Wilson. Yeah, he plays Skeet Ulrich's part later in the movie within a movie. <laughs> So and good with stab, that hair. The stab movies. Yeah. What they are. So yeah. good with that hair. Stupid. Later when they're talking about they're going to make a movie of their lives, like Sid's like, yeah, I'll get lucky enough to get played by Tori Spelling. And then they and got they Tori do. Spelling, the yes. player. Um, <laughs> golly. When the two people are running down the hallway with the, with the scream masks, <laughs> and then yeah. the principal brings them in, and he's – shoving a knife in their face, basically, telling them oh, he should uh, shut scissors. Scissors, Big yes. shiny scissors. I was like, he's going to get fired. Like, this, so this is how you get fired. Not in the 90s, baby. Not in the 90s, you could, yeah. They were, like, just getting rid of paddling then. Like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I just kept sitting like, there as a teacher. Paddling ended, like, three years before we went to high school. Right. Know? Well, as a teacher, I'm like, huh, you can't do that. You, you can't, can't do, do that. that. You can't do that. But it, I guess it didn't phase <laughs> us in the 90s. Uh but I was like that. And that's, of course, right before um, the, the principal gets killed. Oh, and right after, right after Sydney gets attacked yes. in the bathroom. And then right before, right after that was when, he, uh, when the principal gets killed. Right. And it was really cool how they did that bathroom scene. You know, you just see the, the uh, 
the shoes, yeah, lower down at the floor than the robe. The, the robe, yeah. And she's like, she's listening. She knows somebody's there. And she's, I don't know, maybe she's thinking it's a prank, but either way, no screwing around, right? She, of course, thought it was a prank, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then, but she runs out, and then it is, it was the actual killer. Yeah. And it was right after that confrontation. So what if he just followed her into the bathroom since we know that he's the killer? I think Stu was in the bathroom uh, before. I think. Uh-huh. I think so. The thing that the only thing that annoys me about this franchise, especially in the fourth, uh, is the height discrepancy. When uh, you know, like, especially in four, they show one killer and they show the other, and the heights are always kind of a little different uh, than the actual killers. So, the height discrepancy in these movies, you know, did you ever notice that? That they, especially in four, it didn't really bother me because i never really cared about that yeah like when you're in the moment no but like when i'm trying to like figure out because i'm one of those guys i'm trying to like figure out who the killer is before we get the expose so uh uh anyways that's that's just that's the only thing that i can really can complain about uh except for maybe number three the quality of that movie wasn't super amazing i mean it was well written and whatnot well but uh Anyways, I digress. So we're uh, in the high school. Uh, Nev Campbell had just been attacked, and it leads to uh, the death of Henry Winkler and a subsequent celebration party for school being let out due to a killer being on the loose. So uh, uh, Stu has been talking about it, like, hey, everyone come over, uh, party. And uh, they're trying to convince Nev Campbell to come out and you know, whatever, come on out. And uh, Stu's got this nefarious plot to hook them back up because they are having difficulties and whatnot. Uh, and Sydney, unfortunately, uh, is very depressed about her mother. It's the anniversary of her mother's death, you know? And so uh, they're, she's blaming a lot of their relationship problems on her internal struggles when really, I mean, the guy's a killer, you yeah. know? So, uh, so it's, it sucks to be in that victim mentality, which is probably one of the most triumphant things about this series is watching the victim climb out of the victim mentality. Right. And she uh, does really well, especially with the fourth movie where she's totally a different person in the best way. Yes. And I think she kind of like graduates to, uh, you know, like Jamie Lee Curtis uh, is to Halloween, that status. Oh, yeah. I can't. She's again, kind of indispensable. Can't wait to see her in five. Exactly. Um, Funny fact, not fact, but funny thing for me. I remember thinking Randy was way cooler in the 90s than I think he is now. Uh, I disagree, sir. I think he's just as cool. Unfortunately, maybe not as relevant, but I hate to say it. And uh, because I love Jamie Kennedy and uh, like we're Malibu's most wanted. You know, I thought that was hilarious. He's always been a funny guy. Yeah, well, I mean, he had the Jamie Kennedy experiment for a while. Yes. Malibu's Most Wanted is a funny movie, but then he did Son of the Mask. Yes, uh, so I tried to watch that, and I, I didn't no, finish it's not, it. it's not a good movie. No, it's not good yeah, at all. So, but, so, anyway. Uh, but thanks for trying, because yeah. I love the original Mask. Okay. should have just brought back Jim Carrey. They're at the party. <laughs> so there's the big party scene. Yes. So they're at the party, and the killer's there, and he's picking people off. So he, he first takes Tatum. Yes, with the garage door kill. So bothered so you, by that kill. Yeah, so I have had somebody uh, get knocked out by a garage door. 
coming because, down. Yeah. So that's different. You're right. talking so, about, you're but talking you don't about, like that crushing a skull, right? I don't like that. It could pick her up and then crush her. Um, one, when I was in the nineties, I still had to jump over the sensor of my garage. Yeah. I still do that. Uh, to get out of the garage. If I wanted to not have to go through the front door and lock. The right. Key. Yeah. Um, two, most garage doors have uh, safeties that if something got caught, it would, it would stop. There's yeah, but no, I don't think it was a thing back then. No, it was. It was. It, it was. was uh, I was reading about it. The, the thing I sent you on Reddit, um, the, I was reading about it, and it was basically like uh, there would have to be a ton of safety things that failed, or they had to have set it up wrong for it to be able to do that. Uh-huh. Because the springs would have stopped it. There just would have been a lot of things to stop so it. So what if? So what? Let's just let's just say while he was pushing the button, he pulls a wire or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It's a, it's fun, it's Suspension a funny, of disbelief. It's the only kill in the movie that doesn't look real to me. Yeah, but they reuse a garage death later when they break someone's spine by oh. coming down on it. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, and they also showed that it was unfinished garage, that it was like being built or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you got her death, Tatum dies. Uh, but yes. One of my favorite parts of that, and also I wrote down, what a fantastic 90s soundtrack. Oh, I know. <laughs> but the cars leaving um, because they're going to see Prince, Henry the principal yeah. hung up from the goalpost. And the cars are leaving... And it's Dewey and um, Gail going to check out um, the father's cars or the a car that we find out yeah. is the father's well, car. No, they, they say it, uh, they found a car with matching plates. So they know it's his car. And uh, so they go, they're like, we found it in the woods right down the street from the lodge over there. We think he's there. Because he, that, that's who they really suspect is the killer. Right. They really suspect of the killer. So they're so walking. They're, yeah, they're going to find it. And I love the cars are flying past Dewey and them. When before, before he, went, he goes, he goes, freeze. Like he says, what does he say? He goes, uh, yeah, he says, slow down and freeze. Like yeah, they're going to hear freeze. him. Like, well, he puts his hand out. I yeah. mean, that's a universal motion for stop. Anyway, they're all drunk. I mean, that made me laugh. But um, yeah, they, just, they were basically ready to run him over. Okay, so Sydney has sex with Billy. <laughs> Uh, and uh, that is our first kiss between Dewey and oh, uh, yeah, Dewey Gail and, Weathers. Yeah. So we have a first kiss happening while Sydney is uh, having her first time having sex with Billy. Yes, breaking the rules. Breaking the rule where you're not supposed to die. And also, this is also right before that is a scene where we got the rules of a scary movie from uh, mm-hmm. Randy. From Randy. Like, don't say, I'll be right back, that kind of stuff. That was really fun. Ooh. As he's watching Halloween... Yes. Um, you don't know the rules. Yeah. And for me, when the killer comes in where it's Stu inside of the killer suit, where he stabs, is it Billy gets stabbed? Yeah. Billy gets stabbed and falls down the stairs. Yeah. See? What do I got to prove to you to let you know yeah. that I'm not a killer? Right. And then he, well, he, so he, actually that happened right after that. The, he had scored with Sydney, right? Yes. And right so, um, so after the big confrontation, he comes out and uh, he's walking down the stairs, bleeding to death 
as it were. Which right. cracks me up because there were no tears in his t-shirt, just blood. Really? Yeah, because he wasn't. It didn't tear through his shirt. That's weird. It's a fake knife. Well, oh, uh, but yeah, but he still needed to puncture the fake fake blood uh, sacks on under know. his there's, shirt. There's only there's one tear, and the rest are not. Okay. Uh, and then you know well, that's inconsistent. <laughs> well, I thought it would maybe something that Sydney might have supposed to have been seen, like oh, there's no tears in the shirt, but she didn't. Yeah, um, exactly. But this is where it leads to the big thing. Like, of course, now we find out that uh, oh, so Dewey walks up and gets stabbed in the back. Uh huh. Gail gets shot. Right. Uh huh. Gail gets shot, shot in the shoulder or shot. Yes. Yeah. Um, Dewey gets stabbed in the back. And now we've got the whole thing where Billy's telling, Billy and Stu are both telling Sydney that uh, they, the reason they did all this. Oh, and uh, Randy gets shot. Yes. And so now Stu and Stu's like seriously crazy. Billy's kind of still crazy, but not as crazy as Stu, I think. Uh-huh. Right. Um, but they're talking about how. Right. Stu, no, no, no. Wait, who do you think's crazier? I think Stu's crazier. Billy's crazier. Uh, Billy has good motive. Stu just wants to kill people. So, but, uh, Billy's motive is that Maureen slept with his father, causing Billy's mom to leave. Um, Stu's is just that he wants to kill people because of the movies. So I feel like... Billy's more vengeful and traumatized, and uh, maybe uh, Matthew Lillard's Stu is more sociopathic. That's possible. You know? Yeah. Okay. So because I'm like because crazy is a broad term. So. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> and they, insulting to those who are afflicted by mental illness. You so know that we love you and we care, and if you need help, seek it. So, Stu is now being stabbed by Billy because they want to make it look realistic. And Billy is crazy enough to just be like, I'm just killing Stu. Like he just stabs him in all the deepest, darkest, you know, parts of his body. And, and, you know, basically he's going to kill him. And, (laughs) and the, what Stu stabs him back. And then Billy keeps stabbing Stu a bunch. And Stu's like, you're killing me, Billy. I love what he's about. He's like, give me the knife, Billy. (laughs) He kind of wants to get him back. Yeah. Oh, and and Stu's like you died here. Um, yeah, feel a little woozy here. Yeah, feel a little woozy. Uh, <laughs> and then Sid Sid calls them. Uh, she she escapes now. Oh, and you find out that the father was being held by them the whole time. They were yes, gonna, they were going to pin all the murders on the father. Yes. So when so they had brought the car and the father to the woods. Right, and so the. She calls, and she basically ends up. Um, what Stu? Does Stu just die? Stu, okay. So oh, Stu, Stu goes after her. Ah, yeah, and he barges out of the kitchen, and she throws the TV on his head. Yes. Yes. So that is one death, like in cinema, that I'm like, hey, they they could survive that. Yeah, they could definitely survive. You know, like, they, they show him getting electrocuted or whatever, but, like, hey, you know, like, eventually that breaker turns off, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe part, he just, I mean, think just about passes out. Part four. Exactly. The end of part four. So, anyway. Hey, and what you were talking about with the notes, 
uh, where so tell them your your cool movie trivia about. Well, I kind of want to. I kind of want to wait till three. Okay. Okay. Cool. I want to wait till three. So okay. wait till three, and there's cool, cool little. Uh, well, we can wait till two, and there's a cool little segue into that. Yeah. Um, so then, of course, uh, she has her fight with um, Billy. Billy. And she uh, does she shoot him? Does she? I forgot how he dies. She eventually shoots him. Yes, but uh, they they have a big fight. She puts uh, the uh, her finger in, in his, his cut. Bull, yeah, yeah, the bullet hole. <laughs> oh my god! And then uh, I believe Gail Weathers is the one who actually shoots him. Yes, she does. Because uh, he first. comes back so for the second kill. He's, right? lo- he lunges back to stab her, and uh, boom! And then I didn't forget the safety that time, a hole. That's right. So. And then she's like. What does she say? She goes, uh, they always, oh, uh, Randy says they always Randy come back. Yeah. And, he, rah, and she shoots him in the head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that ends it. And, it, you know, you think that could, that could actually end the whole franchise. Or right. It could have been one movie. And that's why I said, let's but just we're do all Scream. begging for more. So we got Scream 2. All right. Yeah. So Scream 2 now has all of the same characters, except, but, for, of course, no Billy and no... I have to bring up a memory I have of Scream 2. So I went and saw it in theaters with my family. My, like, we all went, like, it was great. We all loved Scream 1. We're all there. And uh, my dad, uh, you know, he loved it a lot, too. So he was really excited. So we're all there. We're all waiting. The credits are kind of, like, uh, rolling. But it's about to fade to black to bring up, like, the the actual, uh, excuse me, not the credits, the uh, previews. And so... uh, Anyways, my da- the lights go down and my dad just lets up this, I mean, loud, blood-curdling, like, <laughs> and you just hear the entire theater jump and uh, like, it was hilarious. I don't see everyone was on pins awesome. and needles. Oh, I know. Yeah, it was so hilarious. But, uh, oh man, that was so great. But that just tells you how on pins and needles everyone was already about seeing this movie after the first one. Right. And so this second one is very kind of meta in it. Like, this is like even more meta than the first one, because of course now we have the introduction of stab the movie based on Gail Weathers book, the Woodsboro murders. Yes. And uh, let's see, we've got coming into this movie, we have Timothy Oliphant playing Mickey, who is uh, dating Sydney's roommate in college. And, and he's the other movie buff. Yes, he's now our movie buff. That's like not oh, frenemies. Frenemies with um, Randy. Randy, because they're at the same school. Um, we have Jerry O'Connell who plays Sydney's boyfriend, Derek. Oh, hold on, Timothy Oliphant, who uh, of course we know from Deadwood, The Girl Next Door, and Justified the television series, among tons of other stuff he's done. And then Jerry O'Connell from Sliders, and he was a kid in Lean on Me, right? Stand by me. Yeah, stand, uh, by, stand me. by me. Yeah, sorry, stand by <laughs> me. And he also plays uh, Sheldon's old uh, older brother George in Young Sheldon. Oh, okay. I have not watched that, so it's really good. Uh, and then it also brings in Laurie Metcalf as Debbie Salt, who is the um, the. Gale Weathers of local news at the at the school wherever the town of the school is. Funnily enough, Sheldon's mother in Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah, that is true. It is, uh, and also she was in uh, Roseanne. 
Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. As soon as you said that, man, that lady just, her face has stayed the same. Yeah, no, my goodness. Looks, even like go and watch the new uh, Connors show, which is the Roseanne spinoff. Uh huh. She looks exactly the same. That's awesome. Um, so we int- those are our new introductions. Plus, we have Rebecca Gayhart as a guest star, Portia mm-hmm. de Rossi, um, who I love from Arrested Development, and is also uh, Ellen's longtime partner. And then um, Sarah Michelle Geller, who plays Cece, a uh, a sorority, sorority girl. girl. Mm-hmm. And let's see who else. Luke Wilson as Billy Loomis in the Stab movies. Yes. Heather Graham as Casey in the Stab movies. Tori Spelling as Sydney. And then we also have Jada Pinkett Smith and Omar Epps dating in the beginning of the movie. The very the initial kill. That was so amazing. That kill, uh, that just sucks for both of them. It shook you to the bone. I mean, you were in the theater. If you were in the theater watching that kill, that was like, that literally, it felt like it happened right in front of you. Well, you got Omar because, S, who goes to the bathroom. Yes. Thinks he's hearing people having sex, so he puts yes. his ear to the door of the stall and gets stabbed <laughs> through the ear. Um, Hilariously parodied in other movies. In oh, it's another movie. <laughs> such a bad, that sucks. That sucks for him. Yeah. Um, he goes down, he's dead. I love, you see the killer, you see Ghostface, like, he's by the door with the knife waiting for people to walk into the stall area. Yes. Like, because oh. Ghostface is infallible. He's not invincible. He's not this um, invincible it's, character. He's especially not in the first one. A human. They're humans. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then you have that kill, and then you have him wearing the jacket, and everyone in the theater has a ghost face. The studio sent out uh, free ghost face costumes. And so mm-hmm. everyone's wearing one. And so he walks in with the ghost face mask on with the boyfriend's jacket on, sits next to her, and then stabs her in the stomach. Yes. And then kills her on stage in front of everybody. Or kills her in the audience in front of everybody. She gets on stage, screams, and falls down, dies. They really did a great job finding scream queens for these movies. You know, like, like epic screamers. Only movie I like Jada Pinkett Smith in. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't like you're the Matrix? Come on. I hate the sequels. What? <clears throat> I do not like Matrix sequels at all. I don't Bruh. Like Bruh. They're bad Bruh. movies. Animatrix. Animatrix is the only one. <laughs> Need I say more? Am I wrong? The other Am two I wrong? are terrible. Oh, and and if I was in that crowd, I would walk out of the theater already. Dude, I I, I know. They, they they do nothing. They do the oh. But I'm just saying, they were the worst crowd. I don't care what you tell me about going to see. I saw Snakes on a Plane at Midnight, and that was a fun crowd, but not rowdy. They were just like, oh, oh, oh. Okay, you know, so like, they all had, like, fake knives, right? Like, glow-in-the-dark knives as well, right? So I think they were, like, the springy, retractable. So the second you see somebody lunge up with the shiny one, or that somebody actually stands up after being stabbed with, even if you thought it was a fake knife, and they're standing up and they're like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, oh my God, you, you think, and you actually see blood. She's like, oh my God, I have blood on my hands, right? She's, I don't know. I'm going to start reacting a little differently. And, yeah. it, and everyone's kind of cheering her on at first. Yeah, because they all think it's part of the play. You know, that's the thing. Everything, right. Everyone thought it was part of the play. Anyway. Yeah. Um, amazing. Amazing though. So Sarah Michelle Geller and Jonathan Jackson. Oh, I forgot to add Jonathan Jackson being part of the guest stars. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're in the film class with Randy and Mikey. Yeah. Mickey, I'm sorry, Mickey. <laughs> and they're talking about uh, how there's not good sequels and they're trying to come up with good sequels. And it's just that, that scene was really funny because it's like, oh, trying yeah. to find a sequel that's better than the original. Uh-huh. T2. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Um, uh, Aliens. Uh, yeah. And Godfather 2. Godfather 2. But that was what they said was the exception to the rule, basically. <laughs> um, so you see them pop up. Jonathan Jackson, is, that's the only scene he's in. Uh, uh-huh. Then we see... Um, Portia de Ross, Porsa de Rossi, and Rebecca Gayhart, and the roommate of Sid wants to be in their sorority. So they're trying to get yeah. that, but they they want Sydney in their sorority. Exactly. So they're gonna they're willing to put this other girl in the sorority if Sydney will be in the sorority. Especially the now that there's a lot of press surrounding her. There were, there already was, but now there's even more. Yeah. So. Uh, so they're kind of trying to ride her coattails, and she's just not having it. No, well, Sydney don't want anything. She just wants to kind of be on her own. Exactly. Um, so, oh, and right after that, so now we've got these killings that are happening, and Sydney's being wanting to be interviewed. They're they're wanting to interview Sydney. All of a sudden, Gail shows up, and she brings. She's like, "Hey, Sydney, how are you?" And then the cameras are rolling all of a sudden, and Sydney's like, "What are you doing?" And she steps out of the way. And Cotton Weary is standing right there. Oh man! As a Just free blindsides her, and blindsided Cotton as well because she had told Cotton that this was yes. already a ten-minute interview that they were going to supposed that was like set up. She had consented to it, but that Another, was not the case. Yeah, I wrote down. Yeah, Gail being like the worst. She is this. the worst, and it, it's something that she she doesn't grow out of it so much, but it leads to people's lives being saved. Yeah. And uh, so Dewey and her kind of are like each other's like yin and yang, if you will. So uh, they ground each other in a different exactly, way. and so it's it's really uh, like uh, uh, you know they're always at like butting heads, but. Uh, really, she does save the day because she's always trying to find out more and more details and the, everyone's little tidbits kind of help to keep everyone alive, whoever does survive, you know, except for Randy. He's, he really helped a lot in anyways right. uh, in this movie. Yeah, which was, it sucks, but um, we're not there yet. Yes. Cece's now in her house alone. She is the, the, the designated driver and she gets a call from Ghostface. And she thinks it's her drunk boyfriend. And this is where Cece, Sarah Michelle Geller, mm-hmm. gets uh, her, her death uh-huh. across the street from the big party where Sydney and her roommate are. Right. And um, that, that whole scene was fun. Like, her looking around, I was like, why would Cece not peace out of the house is what I kept thinking. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah. I, it, yeah, or you, you know, you run to that party, you know, there's a bunch of people over there, run, or, uh, you know, I don't know if she tried to call campus security, or uh, if she... Yeah, every time she tried to call, it, uh, it, she was too far away from the house. Right, and then, did, I don't know, I don't think they had these yet, but it's, do uh, you remember the little blue, it's like a blue button? The blue button on the, campus. on the campus, yeah. Yeah, I think that, like, started that. 
Um, but she, she dies in... No, in, that had started then. That was already a thing. I was wondering why she didn't run to the campus, like, phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she dies because she's dumb. She's thrown off a balcony, too. And everyone the original, runs... Or not original, but uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, I, I wrote down, Dang. why isn't she using her Buffy powers? Exactly. <laughs> uh, she dies, and then Ghostface comes after Sydney in the party house because everyone's out of the party house. Mm-hmm. And then we got stupid Derek, her boyfriend, running into the house to try to capture the killer yes. and getting sliced. And this is where then we start questioning, is Derek part of the killers? Right. It's Oh, it's a very superficial cut. Very convenient. You know, it would help people. It would help them get off your scent if you right. were the killer. Right. So Randy suspects him, but Randy also is unreliable because he's in love with Sydney. Right. Um, also, I wrote down this because I don't remember the quote, but I wrote down it. Some some point, someone says, I like harmonica style. Oh, I think Cece says it to the killer on the phone. And I was like, what is what? harmonica style? <laughs> yeah. And I, never, I haven't looked it up yet, but I was like, what is this? And passengers, if you know what harmonica style is, let us know. <laughs> um, Timothy Oliphant is around. I, I mentioned him. I just said I, lo- I do love Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. Oh, why would Sydney answer the phone in somebody else's house? That bothered me. Right. Oh, and speaking of Timmy, Timothy Oliphant, uh, he's in San Clarita Diet. I really like That's that right. show. That's right. Yeah, with Drew Barrymore, who played Exactly. Him. Yeah. Um, so they've set up the red herring with Jerry O'Connell. Um, oh, Jerry O'Connell proving his love to her by singing the... I think Top I gun. love you. Yeah. But what am I so so off tune the whole time? Yes. Oh, I was like, oh man, they could have helped him out, get him some vocal but lessons. The cafeteria, everyone in the cafeteria is loving it. They're clapping along, and then he gives her the uh, his letters that he's wearing around his neck. Yes. And they're like, he's the get, for eternity. Yeah, and he's going to get hazed for this later. They're going to, the fraternity's going to beat him up, which plays. Brothers are going to kick his ace. Yeah. So that happens. Um, then we see, of course, we see Luke, Luke Wilson is Loomis at this part. And Tor Spelling pops up as Sid. <laughs> um, Mocking then, the argument scene uh, from earlier where she was yes. almost slashed just before Henry Winkler's death. And Dewey and Randy have this amazing conversation about sequels or the rules of a sequel. And, I love just this offhand comment. Randy gets played by a no one, but yeah. Dewey gets played by um, by by uh, Ross from Friends. Yeah, <laughs> David Schwimmer. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was a really funny line, like a throwaway line that was actually pretty funny. That was. Um, but that whole conversation about sequels and the rules were fantastic. And then right after that is where we get the whole thing where Randy's called by the killer. And they're starting to look around the campus for everybody who has. They're in the quad. They're like in the most open, exposed area. And Randy does the worst thing ever and taunts the killer. Taunts the killer. Billy Loomis is an awful person, blah, blah, blah. How he was Uh, a terrible killer and a psychopath. And then the the killer gets really, you know, like, I'm going to kill Randy. And Randy, but Randy gets the worst death because they don't even show it. They just show the well, killer stabbing. It's because of who the killer is. Right, That exactly. the killer is so mad to, to that he was talking like that. Right. So, um, 
I just wrote Randy deserved a better death, though. I I agree. I really uh, was sad that they took Randy out of the equation because, uh, honestly, I kind of wanted uh, him and Sid to end up together. Uh, would have been a little bit. Little, uh, yeah, I didn't think that... it's like making his movie happen. How would you change the movie? I'd let the geek get the girl. Yes. Um, now we have cotton popping up. So what do we get? After he dies, what we see Dewey and um, Gail go into the theater or whatever it is, the AV. They want to play. Um, they want to see if they can find video, right? Right. They've got of a video. The death. Yeah. And so they go to play it and then you see another thing pop up and it's them. Or it's like deaths of other char- characters. And then you see them on the screen and now they're being attacked by Ghostface. And what Cotton comes out and she thinks Cotton stabbed Dewey, right? Dewey gets stabbed in the back again. Again. By the way, Dewey's oh. always basically like can't use his left arm or his right arm because he has uh, a severed nerve. Severed nerve. Uh-huh. Dewey gets stabbed in the back again and I thought, oh gosh, poor Dewey. And then uh, Cotton comes out and we think Cotton's the killer maybe. So Gail calls the cops on him. Oh right, yeah. Uh, he he's just like I just found Dewey. I tried to help him, but uh, you know he's 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 gone. And, yeah. You know, that, don't don't think I'm the killer, please. <laughs> that was a great scene, though. It really Gale, was. Gail can't get to him, and they've got the soundproof booths, and so they're trying to get to each other. And right, that, and uh, Cotton was confronting her uh, earlier about wanting a uh, <laughs> nice camera move there, buddy. <laughs> Uh, well, he was trying to convince Sydney to get uh, an interview with Diane Sawyer. Right. And, and she would not agree to it. Right. He, and, uh, he, he tried was to get very frustrated. And it was, uh, it was something that put him on the board as being a Sydney. suspect again. With Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. And like they were both going to be offered $10,000. Exactly. Um, and he needed a little money to get started up, uh, yeah. started up again. And then also to clear his name, you know, publicly. Get him so, a little exposure as an apology for uh, taking a year of his life away when he was innocent. And also, Sydney has the worst cop detail ever. These guys are just. <laughs> uh, by the way, why are they dressed in suits and yeah. like models? By yeah, the way, um, they're also yeah, they're the worst. Also, so, they're like, what? What's going on? I'm nowhere near where I need to be. <laughs> they take Sydney to. They're going to take Sydney to a safe house. And then right as that right as they leave, Derek gets picked up by his brothers to get uh hazed and they have this big drinking thing and they leave him up on this cross that's at this play where Sydney's was it a, cro- was it a cross or was it a star? I thought it was like the star or maybe star or yeah, whatever. He's just strapped up like a cross. Yeah, exactly. And crucified on it. Yeah, and uh he gets left up there and this is the same stage where Sydney is gonna be uh, supposed to be the star of Fall of Troy. Uh-huh. Um, so as the cops are driving her, the, um, the, what, they get in a wreck, right? Uh, yes, because uh, doesn't, like, the killer set up, like, he hits them with the, uh, but yeah, they get in a wreck, essentially. And uh, the cop is essentially killed. No, they're uh, at a stoplight. They're at a stoplight. The killer comes out. The one guy walks out and gets stabbed. Yeah. 
And then the other guy drives off and the and gets in a wreck and the pole goes oh. Yeah, the pole goes through and it opens up the front of the cab uh from the separated No 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 part. no Ghostface Sorry, I'm sorry. Ghostface gets in the car and starts driving it. Uh-huh. The other cop who's not stabbed jumps on the car and now they're swerving. Oh, yeah. Gets into an accident. Guys, yes. we just watched these movies, but it's I four know. movies in a row. Yeah. Um and they hit the thing, the the pole goes through the cops. The cops' eye. head, yeah. Yeah. Opening now, up the cab, the security uh, cage yeah. to the back seat, which the back doors of a cop car, they don't lo- unlock from the inside. So right. Also, why, I don't understand why two fully trained bodyguard cops couldn't take down Ghostface. Uh, whatever, that's... Just, yeah, especially... Yeah. So, Ghostface is knocked out cold. Sydney's able to crawl over Ghostface and get out, and then they get the roommate to crawl out. Uh-huh. He has a chance <laughs> to pull Ghostface mask off. Right. And right then, there, you could have figured out who the killer is. So she, they start running, and they, then Sydney's like, I have to know. She turns around. Killer's uh-huh. not there. Killer snuck around. Killer kills. Good. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, Sydney runs. Gets back to the campus. I don't know why this this question. I question this, like why Sydney would go to the theater, but I guess she maybe heard the the sound playing, mm-hmm. and finds her boyfriend uh, on the. I star. think she knew that's where the party was. No, no. I think she heard the music because she's yelling for her director. Oh, okay. Anyway, this is where we find out. Uh, that Mickey is one of the killers, Timothy Oliphant, and mm-hmm. Mickey is trying to make it seem that Derek is the is the his other the killer. Half. Yeah, exactly, his partner. And she's questioning it. He's like, "Baby, I would. It's not me. It's not me." And I'll and then can kill you. Mickey, I'll kill you. <laughs> Mickey shoots him and kills him. Yeah, his dying breath is said, "I would never hurt you, Sydney." Yeah. Like, oh god, that's so yeah. heartbreaking. Um, and then Mickey's the killer, and then he's like, Let me introduce you to and Debbie Salt comes out, who was the Gail Weathers, local <laughs> Gail Weathers, and we find out she's like, Mrs. Loomis. I know that this is part of Scream One, but it's like, let's show you what's behind door number three. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Mrs. Mrs. Loomis, Billy's mom. We find AKA out Billy's Debbie Salt cracks me up. This is so silly, but I love it. Billy's mom, after Billy died, she found out that Sydney did it, um, went on a website in the dark web of the 90s and found mm-hmm. a serial killer website and found uh, Mickey, or my, yeah, Mickey on there and hired him and put him through college. And Mickey was somehow able to get a girlfriend who was Sydney's roommate and get yeah. in with their friend group. And uh, okay, I'll, I'll take it. Whatever. It's a movie. It's the 90s. It's a horror film. Uh-huh. That cracked me up. That was like, oh my gosh. Um, there's the big fight. Mickey dies. Um, Sydney uh, becomes a badass. Yes. And traps exactly. traps Mrs. Loomis on the stage. Oh, and this is where she kind of finally she she starts to go towards that like iconic classic like yeah. you're not going to kill me uh, ever in this franchise uh, type deal because she. Uh, the killer turns around and she dis- she has disappeared and they play the same music that they would play for the killer if he's 
right. swooping around. Well, and All of a sudden, she's turned the tables on the killer. Gail's, Gail's there, but she's been shot and fell off the stage. stage. So we think mm-hmm. Gail's dead. You're supposed to think Gail's dead. Um, so she, she's stricken on Billy, Billy Loomis' mom by playing all the stuff on the stage. She's cutting all of the ropes. and uh, Yeah, making all the props, all those heavy styrofoam boulders that just uh, wax yeah. right in the face and then makes her fall from her climb. Makes uh, Debbie Salt slash Mrs. Loomis fall. She's trying to crawl to freedom so all these scary things around her, she can get around them and uh, kill Sydney, but Okay, how does Sydney kill Loomis's mom? Uh, she shoots her in the head. Well, excuse me, she doesn't uh, Gail shoot her. So first of all, there's uh, an uh, almost a bargaining moment. So uh, Cotton Weary hops in. That's right, Cotton. That's what it is. It's always the evil monologue. So uh, Mrs. Loomis is monologuing about how pissed she is and she's exposing got Sydney her in her mother. Arms. She's yeah, got Sydney well, in her arms not at she's... first. At first, they're circling each other and talking and. Uh, the, you know, saying how Mickey uh, is the patsy and, uh, uh, you know, he was a real, real good boy and how they, he just needed a little bit of, of uh, nurturing to yeah. become a better murderer. And uh, anyways, uh, so they're talking about how uh, they're, how the killer is going to basically fake everyone's story and she's going to be the hero or whatever. Uh, well, in the midst of all that, Cotton Weary hops up on the stage and he has a gun. And uh, he wants to know just what the F is going on here. And so Debbie Salt is telling him what's going on. And she's trying to persuade him and say, you know, she, uh, she sent you to prison for a year. She's really trying to uh, let, uh, get Cotton Weary to let her kill Sydney. Uh, she really wants her revenge for her son's death. Uh, well, uh, Cotton is like, oh, Sid, I guess that uh, Diane Sawyer interview is looking really good right now. Yeah, and uh, Sydney's like, consider it done. And, yeah, and <laughs> Billy Loomis's mother's eyes just go <gasps> right, and then he <laughs> shoots her in the head. I uh, know, right. no, no, no. no. Uh, she gets shot in the ch- uh, chest or something, uh, and then they have to shoot her in the head because uh, Sydney's just like. Just in oh, case, just in case, that's Mickey right. comes back and, and they Mickey have to shoot him a hundred times. They shoot and him so many times. They were like, you know, it's like, oh, they're waiting for Mrs. Loomis to wake up, and she's just like, boom, like, yeah. don't even wait, let's get it over with. Ends <laughs> the movie and brings us to Scream Three, number three. Okay, Scream Three has the new players. Here we go. We've got going down the list: Patrick Dempsey playing Detective Mark Kincaid. He's oh from Enchanted, God. bunch of 80s films, Grey's yes. Anatomy, Dr. McDreamy. Yes. Um, we have Scott Foley, who plays Roman Bridger, the director of the Stab movies. He's uh-huh. from Felicity, Dawson's Creek, and Scandal. <laughs> we have Lance Hendrickson, who plays the producer of all of the Stab movies, John Milton. Um, and he was in Aliens. He was Bishop. So that, Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, Emily Mortimer, who I always thought would become a bigger actress, but she just keeps doing smaller stuff. Yeah, but she's she's really talented. Yeah, she's, she's good. She always owns our roles. But yeah, uh, she plays Angelina Tyler, who who plays uh, Sydney on screen in the third stab. Right. Um, but she was also Mary Poppins Returns, Lars and the Real Girl, and Matchpoint were the big movies that she was in. Um, Lars and the Real Girl. Very good movie. Love it, yeah. Parker Posey, who I hated back then, but I love now. 
so I, I like, I hate, you know, it's one of those, I lo- so it's one of those things where uh, she plays, she's typecasted. Yeah. She's kind of one of these like kind of corny actresses uh, that kind of, overacts their role and it's it's intentional like because right. it's a meta role type deal yeah. so uh I, she was in josie and the pussycats at the end she's the one that literally is hypnotizing everyone into being her friend uh-huh so uh I, you know i like her plus she was in days and confused so so she plays angelina tyler who plays gail weathers on the screen for stab three right um no i'm sorry i said angelina tyler i meant jennifer jolie uh angelina what? tyler was emily mortimer Jennifer Jolie was who she played, who plays with Gail Weathers. Uh-huh. She was in Superman Returns, Blade Trinity, Dazed and Confused, Josie and the Puscats. We're, we're talking Parker about... Parker Posey. Parker Posey, that's who we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She plays Jennifer Jolie. Okay. And then we also have Patrick Warburton, who plays uh-huh. Stephen Stone. He's uh, Parker Posey's bodyguard. Uh-huh. After Dewey. And the, <laughs> the tank... Um, and then we also have nope, that's it. Those are the those are the new cast. And of course, uh-huh. Patrick Warburton is from Seinfeld and Emperor's New Groove and tons of other stuff that we love Patrick Warburton for because of his voice being so amazing. The Tick yeah. live action. The series. Tick, yeah, it was the same. Yeah, <laughs> from the two thousands, not the new one, but mm-hmm. the old one. Yeah, the old one. Um, so this time, Sydney's living off uh, off the grid. And she's got security systems and her job is to um, help people through grief. So they, she calls in and they call into her and Sydney's really not actually not really in the movie until the last part of it. Like the climax, really. She's kind of there. Uh, yeah. She's always, she's secluded. She works on a like suicide hotline, I believe. And now she's having, uh, works in the woods. She's having dreams about her mother coming back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, like all these creepy things, supernatural-ish, because always what in the third film in the trilogy, it could be supernatural. They could go supernatural. Um, unless they're going for, yeah, all bets are off if they're going for a the trilogy. trilogy. Um, so we, there's murders happening. The, the, the killer this time around is killing the people from the movie stab. Mm-hmm. So he's going in order of their deaths from the script. Um, this is to me the weakest film in the franchise and I'll get to why it is, but. So I, I disagree with you. Um, so I think, uh, our, our last two are reversed. So I think that four is technically the weaker film than three. I, I, my order is in chronological order. Just FYI. Yeah. I like four better than three. Mm-hmm. I think four is on par with two and three is just, it's not bad. It's not a bad movie. It's just yeah, not, no, no, exactly. It's, it's the weakest for me. It's also right. it's also the one not written by Kevin Williamson because Kevin right. Williamson wrote all of them, and Aaron Kruger wrote this one. And so I feel like this one it, they really tried to go like I don't know, like really popular and kind of pastelly uh, and all this stuff. And uh, well, I don't this, know. I, I just felt like they, it was more campy. Than, than any of them. Like, this was uh, supposed the, to be... The, the wardrobes were not uh, up as uh, like up to par. And I don't know. It was also just like a late 90s style the that studio was just undesirable. Wanted, so the studio wanted comedy. That's right. The, they right. asked for more comedy than horror. 
And so that's what we got was like more comedy. And the, the comedy was just really cheesy for me. Yeah, I was going to say this movie was not that funny, actually. Um, so Cotton dies in the beginning. Cotton gets a call. He's flirting with someone he thinks is a girl. It turns yeah. out to be Ghostface. Ghostface is 100% watching. 100% Cotton. <laughs> yeah, Cotton's now famous. He's a yes. talk show host. Um, and so Cotton, uh, you know, tries to find his wife, goes to her. Um, she thinks that he's the killer because his voice is coming from the behind the door. Um, uh, when it's the killer using an altering device. So killer has a really cool uh, voice changer this time around that yes. can sound like any of them, which I was like, I want one of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, Best prank calls ever. It sucked because I started liking Cotton. And so for them to kill him off. The yeah. Board, uh, I was like, oh man. Um, but he's killed in his house. His girlfriend and him are both killed. Uh, but at least he got his 15 minutes of fame got to right. clear his name Yes, but yeah that sucks uh, him and his girlfriend are unfortunately killed very quickly in the movie next scene uh, we go and we're seeing the making of Stab and this is where my favorite scene of the movie pops in Jay and Silent Bob yes so this is during Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back the wardrobe is the exact same yeah, well, they were on the studio filming, and that's how they got exactly. to the film. So you uh-huh. saw Bob, he's like, oh, look, it's, it's Gail Weathers walking by. He goes, oh, it's Connie Chung. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, so that means that Scream is in the Viewsk universe, or is... The Viewsk universe and Scream? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that cracked me up. That was good. Um, something that bothered me is that we're three films in, and every single start of the films gail is hated like she never has, yeah she grows and then she like throws that growth away yeah so she has, a, she has like moments uh, of lucidity but where she gets her humanity for yeah. like basically she survives an ordeal and she's human for about 10 minutes and then yeah. she comes right back yeah um so sarah so we meet all of our players and this is where we get our another another guest star Jenny McCarthy uh-huh. playing Sarah. Yes. She's playing some bimbo. She hates that she's playing some bimbo. She thinks she's going to go talk to Roman, the director. Mm-hmm. And uh, turns out it was the killer with a voice box. And he kills her in the studio uh, offices. Um, I also that, that like, was the killer. Roman was the killer. So Right, exactly. So she did go see him. I feel like the glass shards would have gotten her in the stomach, too. But yeah. <laughs> that glass pops out. Um, we meet Patrick Warburton. I'm going through this pretty fast just because not a lot happens right off the bat. Uh-huh. I did ask, was this supposed to be Patrick Dempsey's movie comeback? Right. I, I don't know, but... I think Enchanted was really his comeback. Yeah, uh, but I, I was never like in a like a huge Patrick Dempsey fan. So yeah, uh, yeah that's for you like, ladies I out like there. Some of his eighties films. Can't, can't buy me love. Um, the one where he's the pizza delivery boy who has sex with the get the oh lover boy lover boy. That's you right, love yeah. that movie. I actually sure. oh, I, I, uh, I I'm gonna have to buy my tongue there. I was a Patrick Dempsey fan because of that movie. Yeah, that I totally forgot. Camp on Me Love were two of my favorites. They both got remade. Oh, man. Terrible remakes. Um, yeah. So his earlier career I liked. So we got everybody back together. And basically, Parker Posey's character wants to be with Gail the whole time. 
Yeah, she's trying to study, like, really immerse her role into her role. Immerse and herself into Sydney's, her role. Sydney's back because she thinks that maybe she can help. The detective, we're not really sure about the detective yet. We think that he may be a suspect as well. We may, we think it, you know, as the as the audience. Um, but so we're going through and we're trying to find out something about the killer or whatever. Um, was this? Oh, was we this? see Randy's Randy's video. Yes, uh, from beyond the grave. Randy is speaking to us. He left a video behind in his will. And it's a great little thing with all the you know it's all off. All bets are off because it's a trilogy now. Uh-huh. I thought that was really cool. That whole thing was really nice. Um, having that one actress, I can't remember her name right now. Um, she's got such a weird name. She She's the girl who gets killed by being hung upside down in Hostel Part 2. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they, Anyways. Anyway, yeah. But she plays the sister of Randy. I thought that was kind of cool bringing her in and having uh-huh. to bring the tape to Sydney. Like how random it would be that she's there. But anyway, um, so... It's like Maziotti or something like that. Yeah, sorry. No, anyway. no, either. Anyway, so she uh, brings the tape. They get the rules. Is that before or after uh, they get attacked in the house? I believe it's before because um, they're like essentially after a rain or no, no, no. No, it's, bef- it's, it's after. So before that, they're all in the house yeah. and it's, it's, it's Gail, <clears throat> Dewey, Patrick Warburton. And this is where he gets stabbed. Um, hmm. And then it's the rest of the cast minus Roman. And they're in the house and the lights go out and they're getting calls. Oh, they're getting faxes from the killer. Yes. And While they're, they're playing a, playing a <laughs> the game. Only, machine. only one of them is going to live. And then they hear another fax. They go outside to be together. And what, they just have to know. So they run back into this house well, the with guy, a killer in it. The guy who plays Dewey goes back for another uh, thing, takes it off, and it says, the person who will live is the person who smells, smells the, gas the gas first. Boom! And then he, the you know, yeah, it goes off because he's, he's got a lighter. Goes off, it blows up. I thought... Come I think on. it's so funny that, uh, you know, because he's working on the movie, he was able to choose who played him. Yeah. And he upgraded from David Schwimmer. Yeah. It was, you know, and for me, it was it just kind of meh. I, I didn't like that kill just because I didn't think that the original Ghost Faces would have killed in that fashion. It's all slasher for me on that one. But, yeah. oh, well, they all fall down. Um, Emily Mortimer's character shows up in a weird place right after... Uh, the killer tries to kill Gale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dewey, other thing that bothers me about Ghostface is how fast a humanly possible this person could get up. Oh, I know. And disappear like Batman. Exactly. Um, yeah, he was ninja status. But uh, if you think about it, you know, uh, Mickey, the guy who... Uh, yeah, know. he got up. I'm sorry, uh, not, uh, not Mickey, Roman... Roman. Uh, he's uh, he's fairly athletic, I guess, right? Yeah, he could he could get up and do that stuff. Um, I don't. Also, he's you know he's been in movies. Like maybe he's picked up some like magician sure. tricks. You know, some sleight of hand or whatever. So we also find out <clears throat> that with the, after all this and after we see the video of Randy, we find out that um, Maureen was an actress. 
She Rena Reynolds. Rena Reynolds, and she played in movies for this John Milton guy, and all slasher flicks. We also find Carrie Fisher. <laughs> that was such a good. That was so cameo. cool. Yeah, but are she's you, not herself. Are you? No, I get it all no. the time. Are you sure? <laughs> that was good. I also think because they were filming Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh-huh. Carrie Fisher's in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Maybe that's yes. how they got she was Which I. I love later on in the uh, the Nightmare series, Freddy vs. Jason, they have a, a look-alike or in like a likeness character, which is an homage to Jay, which yeah. is just really cool. Like, it's, it not, doesn't have anything to do with this franchise. I think they but. wanted him to be in the film. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I, I think they did, too, and they just were, they couldn't yeah. work it, it out. Some, and so they, yeah. yeah. Um, that would have been really cool to have him there. So then Sid sees the set of the original uh, Woodsboro, and it looks like her old house. Everything's like the same. Yes. Hauntingly the same. This is where I noticed that Sid is wearing the um, the Greek letters that Derek gave her. Yes. So that was really cool to see that. They kept that. Also in Sid's house, you see the Fall of Troy poster from the play that she was going to do. The protection. Um. Lo- oh, oh, oh! Uh, so she gets attacked there, right? Um, she yeah. gets attacked there by the killer. No one sees it, of course. Patrick Dempsey's kind of, or a detective, Mark is is curious if she's making this up or not. Um, during that, we also see Gail and Dewey and J- uh, Jennifer all going to John Milton's office because they figured out that. She was uh, something to do with her, with him. Yeah, she was in all the all, all of his earlier slasher films, uh-huh. and uh, that she was kind of uh, me tooed uh, into into stardom. Right? She was basically told that she wouldn't be a star unless she slept with these people. And right. That's what started her off into like not caring about herself. Right. Um, uh, yeah. And being slutty. And, uh, and yeah, exactly. Well, they took somebody who was right because she was already. Uh, because she, okay, so the, we already knew uh, that she was kind of slutty, right? She exactly. She was already promiscuous. Yeah, and uh, so when she went to Hollywood, which was that that. Ooh, sorry, I'm just trying trying to match up my line, my timeline there. So she already before. had been an actress. Yeah, it was way before. Yeah. So she was already like that. So they, I guess, yeah, you're right. They're the ones that corrupted her. Huh? Yeah, they corrupted her, and they say that in the in the Oof. movie. They say it. So. Um, I do like the line next where Sid is talking to detect- the detective and he goes, what's your favorite? Or she goes, what's your favorite yeah. scary movie detective? He goes, my life. And she's like, mine too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the stupid line where they're back at the house and the killings are starting to happen at, at uh, John Milton's house. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Looks like Stab 3's back in production. Yeah. <laughs> oh, such a cheesy line. Um, so all of them are getting... Sydney's stuck at the police... At the detective's uh, office. The police are... I'm sorry. The uh, All the others are at Roman's house. Or not Roman's house. I'm sorry. John Milton's house. They're trying to find John Milton's secret screening room. And this is when the killer starts attacking everybody. We see Roman get... We see Roman's dead body but we don't see him get killed 
Parker, I mean, uh, Jennifer Jolie and Gail go together around the house. Dewey's trying to find them, and the killer kills. <laughs> the killer kills uh, one of the guys. I can't remember his name. And then the Parker finds Parker Posey's character Jennifer finds the secret passageway. Yeah, and gets killed back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's behind the mirrors, and Dewey's just pointing and like how long do you need to see a mirror move before you're like i'm gonna break this open yeah that needs to be broken yeah. open and uh he doesn't shoot like you know he he aims at a top corner to not hit anybody but he starts at the left one the one she was dumping on was like the third from right. the last start of like on the very 10 mirrors yeah and i'm just like dude look at this point this movie just didn't really do it for me in the realism factor so i wasn't really caring about that right but uh then my one of my favorite parts two favorite parts happen in the scene Mm -hmm. where emily mortimer's character is like screw you guys i didn't sleep with uh john milton to to die with these (laughs) half-great celebrities i didn't sleep with that pig to die here with you two (laughs) yeah and she runs off and then she gets killed of course yeah, immediately. Um, and then why Dewey and Gail decide to split up at this point is beside, you know, beside, you know I couldn't figure that right. out. Right. You're but never supposed up, to split up. And he gives, he gives her the gun mm-hmm. and Ghostface gets her in a basement. And then she's able to knock Ghostface out. Yeah. She calls Dewey, and I love that, because he's like, how do I know you're not the killer? <laughs> yeah, he should. That's something the killer would say. He thinks the voice changer is on. <laughs> um, he opens up the door, sees the killer. He's such an idiot. The killer looks at his knife, my favorite part. Killer looks at his knife. Yeah. And throws it at Dewey. And the, the blunt end, the handle... Hits Dewey square between the eyes but and he, he lucky. falls down the stairs, knocks him out. He got so lucky. Um, and then the detect uh, Sydney finds the gun. Uh, detective, or sorry, Sydney gets called in the detective's office. Gets goaded into going. She finds a gun. She ends up going to the house, and the killer has a freaking. Uh, metal detector and makes it go over her and she has to throw her gun into the pool right the killer's uh, gas security killer comes after her there's the whole chase scenes and all that kind of stuff uh the cop comes in and gets knocked out like in the most terrible way hitting his head on that yes. uh mantle just seems like it would suck yes still don't know if he's not the kill- part of the killer's team um but they end up, I, I never really suspected he was part of it. I don't know. He just kind of acted a little slimy in parts, but maybe it was just... Yeah, yeah I took that more as, like, a magnanimous and, um, you know, that, that I think that's the word I want to use. Like, just, like, magnanimous, like, in a in negative way. And, or, like, uh, like, he was above it, you right. know, and he was, he was an officer. So uh, I just never really thought he was a killer ever. Well, so, so I remembered... Here comes the ending, guys. I remembered that it was her half brother, uh-huh. but I didn't remember that it was Roman. 
and uh, freaking yeah. oh. Patrick Dempsey's character, detective uh, said, I've lived here my whole life as a detective, you know, and then became a detective. This is my town or whatever. I was thinking, oh, maybe he's the half-brother. But um, right next scene, she f- runs down, finds the theater room, ghost face locks it, takes off his mask. It's Roman. Um, we find out that Roman is Sydney's half-brother. That uh, When Renee, Renee, right? Renee Reynolds? Yes, Rena. Rena Reynolds uh, was, she had a baby with one of the guys that had sex with her. Well, and yeah. when he tried to find her, she was like, uh, Reynolds is dead. That life is done. That life is done. Please don't contact me anymore. Right. Um, so that set him into a rage that cued him to manipulate Billy Loomis. Yeah. So he manipulated Billy Loomis. He, he was- caused the whole franchise so i would have been okay with that Keep that in mind people i would have been okay with that but originally <clears throat> in screen two there's a party scene mm-hmm. and um it's screen two i'm sorry i'm my mind went totally blank blank screen two there's uh the party and in it you see uh stew in a disguise. You see Matthew Lillard in disguise. It's like, it could be just a fun cameo, but originally Kevin Williamson had Stu be the killer in this one, in three. Uh-huh. He would have been watching Sydney the whole time, finding a, a best way to um, to take her out. And so I, I really, knowing that now, years and years and years later, I would have loved to see that play out. And you're saying maybe that could play out in five. Yeah, I think that would be really cool to see play out in five. Cause I'm, or, or at least somebody that we thought was dead is no longer dead. Or, you know, maybe they were revived. They were on the brink of death and were revived and had a long recovery. Everyone thought was dead, but nah. Yeah. Um, so the Roman's reveal being the half brother, I felt was kind of lazy only because I disagree. I think it creates structure. No, no. Here's my problem. Yes. He caused the, he caused Billy Loomis's motive. Both movies have been about, uh, the, the trust and, and all that of people, friends, family, whatnot. We've been trying to trust the mother's narrative and you realize every single movie we find something more about Maureen that she's not the best person ever. And so, yeah, but I also think that like the, like, you know how like the old, 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 old tales and movies are supposed to have a tone that teaches you not to engage in a certain behavior. uh, Otherwise the boogeyman will come and get you. Like, I feel like infidelity was the tone here. Like this is, these are the results of like infidelity and how, much uh, pain it can cause and the dominoes that it can knock down well, and they, uh, but, because of one sure. But if they would have past. mentioned, if they would have mentioned something in a throwaway line in the first movie or the second movie that there might be another um, character, if someone would have said something that there might have been a brother or whatever, it would have been a payoff. For me, it felt No, like- but, kid, but, but uh, Randy explains that. Randy says that that something is true in the past that was not true, or excuse me, true now that wasn't true in the past. It's the rule of a trilogy. I understand it. I just don't, I don't care for that. I thought when it came out, I was like, oh, it's the half brother. Like, oh, no one would have seen that coming. Exactly. No one would have seen that coming. Like there was no clues whatsoever to point you in the way of that. 
Like nothing, nothing in the movie at all would have clued you into the fact that Roman is related to Sydney. That's and what that's, makes it so maniacal it, and diabolical. Okay. In theory, yes, but in the way that it, I just would have liked Stu better as the killer. Don't get me wrong. I would, yeah, if that movie had come out, I would be through just as thrilled. Also, yeah. there, was no, <laughs> there was no second killer in this one. Uh-huh. Which I thought was a good twist because there was always two killers. Uh-huh. Um, Sydney's also awesome. Well, technically, he used Billy. Right. Sydney's also awesome with the ice pick. Yeah, that was and awesome. I love the ending scene of, of Roman dying and her holding Roman's hand. Yeah, and it was like a bittersweet, like, I love you, bro, but you've got to go. Right. And then <laughs> we we get up probably like a few weeks later. You see Sydney opening up a gate, like, oh, she's leaving the gate open. She's got not scared anymore. Yeah. Um, Leaves her front door open too. But you also get the the really funny thing where Dewey's asking Gail to sign. Um, Dewey's asking Gail to sign the book, and then you open up the book, and it's the wedding ring. Yes, the proposal. Yeah, that was really again nice. another amazing part of this movie. Um, <laughs> and then you know you find out that Sydney is now uh, dating uh, the detective. Yeah. Which does, he does not make a appearance to Scream 4. Yeah. Okay. Scream 4. So keep that in mind because uh, I I really feel like that structure of motive makes that a great trilogy right there. I know this is a, uh, it goes on beyond a trilogy, but right there, I feel like that's why they call it the original trilogy. Uh, So, because all of that structure of those relationships and that's why they didn't choose Stu. Now, don't get me wrong. It's, Stu would have been a great character and a great uh, motive. It's revenge, obviously. So, um, But I really feel like that's what makes three better than four. But we'll get into more reasons as we discuss four. Okay. So four, um, <clears throat> we have Lucy Hale, Shania Grimes, Anna Paquin, mm-hmm. Kristen Bell, Amy Teagarden, <laughs> Britt Robertson, all playing girls, in stab movies in the first like they, they first like three st- minutes of the movie and it's them watching like the first one's them watching stab four and then uh-huh. they get killed or no they don't watch anything it's then then it's these two girls that get killed then you've got the next two girls watching stab four and then she kills her and it's like this oh e- each one is extreme movie yes and then you've got stab seven Yes. And it's two, two more girls who get killed. Uh, no, no, that's Anna Packard's spell. Amy Teagarden and Britt Robinson are watching these movies, and they actually do get killed by Ghostface. Right. We're back in real life. So you never knew it was like a movie within a movie within a movie. It was yeah. trying to be super meta. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one's like, we know, we know. Yeah. Um, and you're like, we know, you know, you know. Um, so we have... You know how I know? Because I knew about this other thing that knows about Right. That. So we have added to the cast. <laughs> Alison Brie as Rebecca Walters, uh, who's the pl- publicist for Sydney, who Sydney yes. has now ra- written a book about her life and is kind of the a self-help... money grubby publicist. Self-help book. Yeah. Um, played by... Um, or not played by, but uh, Alison Brie we know from Community and Glow. <clears throat> yep. Hayden Panettiere, who plays Kirby Reed, who's the friend of Emma Roberts, who plays Jill Roberts, who is the cousin of Sydney. 
Kirby Reed, uh, I mean, Hannah Pettier from Heroes and a bunch of teen movies back in the day. And then Emma Roberts, who is Julia Roberts' niece from Scream Queens and American Horror Story and that stupid Hotel for Dogs movie. Then we got Rory Culkin, who plays Charlie Walker. He's from Signs and Mean Creek are his two big movies, but he's, of course, the Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin's younger brother. And then we have Eric Knudsen, who plays Robbie Mercer, the best friend of Charlie Walker. I like to mention this kid because he was Crash from Crash and Them Boys from Scott Pilgrim. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and he's also from Saw 2 as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the big ones. There are still some other people I didn't mention. but um, And then you've got Anthony Anderson and Adam Brody playing cops. Yeah. So God, it's like movie within a movie in the beginning and all this stuff. Uh, okay. So Scream 1 and 2 are like, those are the big dogs, right? Scream 4 is a reboot. And it, What? It is? I guess so. It's yeah. a reboot of the Scream story. She's back in Woodsboro. There's killing. She Doesn't has to stay in Woodsboro. mean you have to switch the gender, though? No, it does not. Okay. Just, oh, reboot just reboots. It could be in the same. <laughs> it could be a reboot would be a remake would be switching genders. Reboot is just rebooting the series. So it's like Jay and Silent Bob, they rebooted. The I remember. Se- yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, I'm just like, oh, um, I use the words interchangeably. Sorry. They do talk about screen, uh, stab five having time travel. And I joked, what if, <laughs> yeah, that was screen, what if scream five has time travel? That would be so funny, but that would also, uh, let us know that we're going to get seven screams. Right. Because- <laughs> I hope not. I'd like I'd like it to stop at five. Would be nice. Uh, uh, yeah. I'd be I'd be sad if they pulled an American Pie and gave us all these really crappy. Well, what if something finally you know, supernatural happens? And I don't want supernatural. <laughs> okay. Dewey and Gale are together. The ghost of Sid. They're happily married. He's a sheriff. Yep. Deputy Hicks pops up and she wants some Dewey Dong. Yes. She wants him back. Big time. Um, Hayden Panettiere I thought was funny because she looked older than everybody else in the film yeah that was weird her haircut was just bad yeah um, Emma Roberts always looks like she's in high school I don't think that she was supposed to upshow Emma Roberts that's, that's probably why they cut her hair yeah um, I did feel like the aunt maybe the killer or maybe the publicist of, of Sydney was the killer. That's why I thought at the very beginning. Because this, again, this is one of the ones that I hadn't seen forever, so I couldn't, and I only seen it once. uh, The whole time, I felt it was the kids. I I never really, I I never really suspected any of the adults in this. Well, and this this whole thing is like, the killer even says to Sydney, this isn't about you. Like, you're not this, you're, this is not your, your movie or whatever. Right. But Sydney is total awesome badass in this movie. Yeah. See, I think that's part of the, uh, I don't know. I don't know if, if it's meant to be facetious, but I think it's its way of kind of uh, making fun of this generation's motive. So, which, which is what my issue with the whole movie anyways. So, so, so this, this whole movie is basically, it's about the killers being, or the, everyone, the kids, all being aware of everything. 
and also and wanting to be famous. Their Everybody whole lives are filmed. It's like a, a vlogging. They even yeah. say at one point, like vlogs are going to be something that everyone does, which like, look now, so many people do vlogs and are famous yeah. on YouTube. So they kind of predicted YouTube um, or, or vlogging or whatever. Uh, I guess. I like the scene. I thought it was happening like while that. It, maybe well, maybe it was, it was just cool to know that it was a thing. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, the clock saying, oh, the, the killer calling Emma and Hayden and uh-huh. saying, I'm in the closet. And you find yes. out she's actually, he's actually in the closet of the Somebody other girl's house across the street. Yeah. He kills her in the most like awful way. Right in front of them. Hangs right. her out of the window so they have to watch. They can't do anything. Sydney's such a badass that she runs to the next house and breaks yeah. in and tries to help. Yep. Well, she, she tries to catch the killer, really, because she's like, hey, he's just human. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm going to go get him. But yeah, she just tried to help. Yeah. Um, but there ain't nothing you're going to do about that. So... Uh, what, the next part... Oh, she just knocked Ghostface out. Why didn't she uh, jump on him and take the mask off? They never do. Uh, this, this, the, the, the movie's over, you know? It, it, that's the annoying part. It's like, it's either that or the movie's over. And you know course, what I mean? Of course they pull a Billy Loomis and the boyfriend shows up right out of the way, right off the bat. Yeah. Like, after, so you're suspecting that guy the whole... Like, like how you're the supposed cop, to suspect him. How would he have known that Jill was in there and just got cut, you know? Right. Yeah, and um, I don't think that they can blame the boyfriend again. So, like, uh, right. he, you know, it would be redundant. And I just, I, I kind of eliminated him immediately. So even though they kind of gave him all those, like, stern looks and uh, lighting that features, uh, you know, highlights your your angry features or expressions. And uh, I just, I just wrote him off right away. I was like, that's not the killer. That's they're trying to show you the killer, but it, that he is, but it's, it's not. Right. Um, let's see what else. Oh, publicist is uh, at the hospital with them. Yeah. She's saying some pretty crappy things. So to Gail Weathers. And so uh, completely dig- like tearing down her career. Right. And then she's like, Oh, testy. Like, when she gets pissed at her, it's like, no, you just insulted her, like, five ways to Sunday. Right, and then also just says some really crappy mm-hmm. things to Sydney about how mm-hmm. this should be turned into a book, and Sydney's like, well, well I'm not going to need you anymore, so... Yeah, oh, they're ready to give you, like, a blank check for three yeah. more books, and let's go on tour and just milk all this. Oh, you, you, have you even read my book? Oh, I was going yeah, to... yeah I was waiting for the movie. Yeah, I was going to wait for the movie. <laughs> there um, are movies, that's the thing! Yeah, there's already movies. They're, they're the stab movies, they're well, already out. And, and she thinks it's movies about her life. It's really, the book is about, uh, the book is oh, about. Oh, the self-help part, self-help right? Not being a victim. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she fires her and this is like, okay, she's going to die now. She goes down to her car. We talked about this. She barely puts up a fight and then she gets stabbed and she's dead. I was like, okay, that's when my suspicion of the publicist being the killer was gone. Yeah. Um <laughs> Also, I was like, why the crap did she get out of her car? Like, she could have been safer. Well, I think she was, excuse me, I think she was thinking that the guy was in the car, but at first, but yeah, it was just dumb. Why not just lock your windows and drive? Um, Well, she dropped her keys, right? There's so many things I could pick apart for the third and the fourth film. Like, why the crap did Gail 
why did it feel like Gale wasn't taking any of this seriously? But it also um, felt like Dewey wasn't taking it super seriously either. Yeah, I mean, I just, so again, so I feel like they were put into characters that were fish out of waters because this is just not their generation. That's like, exactly they it. can't Almost. communicate with anybody. So, so they were rendered inept. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so what, Gale goes to that party that they're not supposed to go to. Right. And uh, she tries to leverage her way in by going to the video club and uh, kind of having an interview, but they want Sid, and then they won't give him the location. So she's like, well, screw you guys. We're out. No Q&A for you guys. Right. So she finds the location. She eventually finds out, yeah. Puts cameras everywhere in the barn that they're at. Uh-huh. Ghostface starts taking the cameras away. She goes back in to try to set the cameras back up, sees a camera that's watching her, and then Ghostface stabs her. Yeah. Um, he gets away. Dewey tries to tries to catch him, gets away. Um, that's when I started thinking, maybe is, is Deputy Hicks maybe the killer? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering because, like, maybe she's in love with Dewey and wants uh, Gale to die. Yeah, but but that was yeah that was like that was the only adult I suspected. Right, um, the whole thing when the cops are watching Jill and Sydney's house, <laughs> and they're joking about who's gonna die, which one of them's gonna die, the one that stays in the car, the one that goes. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and then of course Adam Brody gets stabbed in the back, mm-hmm. which I thought he could totally live because Dewey did. Yeah. Yeah. But Anthony Anderson getting stabbed but, in the head. Oh, ouch. And like right in the forehead, he gets up and he's still calling, his, calling his friend's name. Yeah. Hoss, Hoss. And well, he's blind because he's stabbed uh, at the right at the optichiasm. Yeah. So he's lost his vision. And so he's like, hey, you know, where is everything? But I also love the fact that Ghostface just watched this happen. Yeah. There was no like, I'm going to try to get this guy down or whatever. Oh, no. That's what makes you a good killer. Your anatomy. You know, like, oh, I go there. He's not going to be able to see. He was genuinely interested in what was going to happen here. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Like, because he's... So he's he's like, gonna take over. Did I just make Daredevil? <laughs> <laughs> and then he like Anthony Anderson falls to the ground and says, "F Bruce Willis." F Bruce Willis and falls. <laughs> um, they're talking about how much they love him in the car, right? Yeah, or, exactly. So Jill gets away to with Hayden Panettiere, and uh, now uh, Sydney. Oh, Sydney's being attacked by the ghost face with the mom, with Jill's mom, so the aunt. Mm-hmm. Aunt gets stabbed by Ghostface through the door. Yes, oh. he dies. Sydney pieces out when the cops get there. She's going to try to find Jill at Hayden's house or, or at uh, what's her face Kirby's house. Not Madam President. Um, hmm. Uh, sorry, she was the president in Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> oh, okay. That Sydney's aunt. I knew her face. I just couldn't figure out who she was. <laughs> she almost. She's really close looking like the original Wonder Woman, Linda Carter. Like she's very similar. Uh, okay, I can kind of see it. Yeah. Just the face. Yeah. Um, I thought, so they, they go to the house, they're going to keep watching the Stab movies since the Stabathon party got uh, busted or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is where you see Kirby finally make out with Charlie and he seems happy about it. Yes. And then... Uh, I love how they hinted that the other dude, um, Robbie, was gay. 
but then you actually find out he is when he's getting stabbed. He was not gay. So he, he lies about it to see if he'll not kill him. Do you he's think like, I'm gay! And then he's like, no, no, no. If, if it helps, because his friend, his friend is killing him. I think, right, he was, so, I think he was in love with Charlie. Uh, okay, so I thought that for a bit, but then when he's like, if it helps, like that's like an admission like, I'm, yeah, I'm lying. I don't know. Anyway, it kills him. It's really sad. Um, you know, they're all being attacked in the house. Uh, Sydney comes to help them, puts Jill under the bed, makes it seem like Jill ran away. Uh, Ghostface is going after her. Um, then you see Charlie get um, tied up outside, just like Steve did in the original oh, movie. So just like the original, yeah. As this the- is where it gets a little cool. Because uh, they're really trying to replicate the original murders. And they ask the scary movie questions, and she's getting them all right, except for one. And then she's like, give me one more. And then she Rah. thinks she beat the killer. Yeah. Goes to help uh, Charlie. And then once she uh, undoes Charlie, and he goes, because he, earlier, when she's like, you should make a move now to kiss him. And remember, she's like, you, sh- you can make your move now, Charlie. And he kisses her. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so this, and then he stabs her in the stomach and says, by the way, this is me making a move. Yeah. And then he's like, you notice me now? You stupid B. Yeah. And then you right? find- And I'm just like, wait a minute. You just got what you wanted. Right. And you killed her. <laughs> like, okay. So that's where I take issue. One of the reasons why I take issue. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. The thing that's driving you psychotic just came to fruition. Right. After a whole bunch of you- trying really hard to be to play cool really and uh and it worked and he's mad it took a couple uh, how long did it take to I don't know how long her? Was, months a year like come on but then you Anyways, find out that i felt like it was a weak motive he's with jill though so jill's yeah. jill and him are the killers yeah so he thinks he's like stew no, I loved, I loved that scene. So they're in the, they're in the um, kitchen again, just like the first one. Uh-huh. And they're telling Sydney what's going on. And yeah. she's, you know, she's like, I've always heard your name the whole time, and you're always the person that's famous, and now I get my time, and you're going to die, right. and I'm going to be the hero. Weak motive. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but still family and still trust. Uh, so Sydney gets stabbed by Jill. Yes. And then Jill goes to do the same thing. They were going to do the same thing that Stu and, and Billy did to stab each other. Instead, yeah. she just kills Charlie. Right in the heart. And Where and is loyalty? I loved it. She's like, yeah. He's like, I was supposed to be your Stu. And, and Sydney looking at him going, yeah. Stu Billy died. killed Stu. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was really good. And then I love that whole scene of best acting Emma Roberts will ever do in her life. Yes. Um, in that scene where she's basically fight clubbing herself. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, mm-hmm. Never mind. Whole movie, Emma Roberts is good. Anyway, she fight clubs I like, herself. I've liked her in nine other roles better. I don't know. I can't think of But yeah, the, actually, I felt like the fight clubbing part was kind of hilarious. Oh, it was funny. Uh, <laughs> it was meant to be. I think it was but meant yeah, to be. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, she's that was that's it. But also this uh, this is the one where I was really uh, more so annoyed. Not not like overly, but uh, with the height discrepancy because she's shorter than Rory. But when she I don't Rory, think she's taller. I don't think she ever put on the costume. I think she did. 
No, I think, I think Rory, it was always Rory. Uh, gets sta- uh, fake stabbed in front of Hayden Panettiere. Oh, that's and true. And she's in the costume. That's true. And that, so that's got to be her. So they're in the hospital. Sid, you, you think Sydney might be dead. Emma thinks she's dead. Oh, Dewey tells her... an homage to the original. Excuse me, when Billy gets fake stabbed. Yeah. Very cool. Excuse me. So, uh, of course, it's not over because uh, Emma... Jill finds out that uh, Sydney's still alive. So Jill goes mm. to her hospital room <laughs> and she's like, oh, she slips up by saying, um, me and your and your wife, me and Gail have the same wound. Yeah. I immediately was like, oh, she wouldn't oh, have known. Oh, exactly. She wouldn't yeah. have known. And, and everyone. So Gail like and him both figure that out. They go uh-huh. running to the hospital room. She's choking Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> they get into this huge fight um, and you think like really it looks like Jill's going to win and Jill's like right. shooting everybody and all this stuff and and yeah it just uh, how did that end? I totally forgot uh, so basically uh, she's talking about her plan and um, Sydney gets a hold of a gun and actually uh, at first She's she does the charge the uh, defibrillator on her head, and uh, right, and then so she's like, but then she gets back up, but Sydney has found her way to a gun now and shoots her. Right? Yes, yes, that's yeah. right. Well, no, yeah. no, and so then she no, before she shoots her, yeah, you said the defibrillator. Yeah, she gets uh-huh. the defibrillator, uh-huh. and then shoots her. The AED. So know where they are. Close to see your exits, people. Sorry, guys. We've been talking for almost two hours. That my brain is just going blank. <laughs> uh, so I can see after talking about it, like maybe I still like four more than three. Um, uh-huh. But I see the issues with both. So for me, um, number four was you know shot better. Um, it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't believe that the acting is better, but they got great actors, uh, you know, modern day actors. It was, you know, great talent, uh, I would say. But, but you know, there are older, more experienced actors, and that's kind of what they were up against coming in to a reboot or whatever. Uh, so, uh, but also, I just felt like doing all this for fame and because a girl didn't acknowledge you quick enough, was the weakest motive and in no way did it play like it into the structure of the originals it was just trying to steal it make it its own and just really just capitalize on uh like a gold like what they thought was a gold mine of publicity and it's just that's where i feel like uh we got a very subtle haha maybe slap in the face kind of making fun of this generation's motives and and so that's where i'm like that's what makes this movie uh so weak to me but uh but uh i will agree that three was not shot as well and they could have done it uh gave it a better quality in its uh production but i still feel that the motive for that entire movie to happen and all the sequence of events was way better and way more thought out than in four, and which uh, makes three my favorite above four. Three, for me, it, I don't care about the shots or how good it looks. It was never about that. It was about the story. I just 
I still can't get behind the whole like we never knew anything and all of a sudden he's like it just felt like a cop out to me yeah and for me like not coming up with something original is is the cop out to me so I'm but like but I thought it was know, very original it's a no, reboot you know four, 4 was super original at the time because it was it was highlighting the whole everyone has to have fame like that everyone was doing the whole YouTube thing and all that like yeah was, I mean I, I I give you that there was an, an four does not the problem is but it's Four doesn't age well because it is bound by all of the all of the talk of like this is what teenagers were like then, which they're not like now. So it doesn't age as well as say one through three age is the difference, I feel. So again, yeah, that kind of makes me feel like one through three are better. So Well, as a whole, I like all of the screen movies. Yeah, exactly. I like them all. I can't, I'm not dog. I'm just saying my, that's my ranking of favoritism. So passengers, that's it. That's our talk about scream the franchise. Yes. Uh, go see it. If you've never seen it, go rent them all. Uh, buy yes, them. It is the season spread horror amongst the people. <laughs> well, let's also spread some joy with our sponsors. Yay. All right, welcome back, passengers, to the birthday news section. Um, it's kind of cool because there's not a lot of birthdays this time. So uh, October 11th, yeah. we have Matt Bomer, who uh, right now plays uh, the Invisible Man character on Doom Patrol. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I like him as an actor. Joan Cusack, the sister of John, John Cusack, Cusack, who's always in his movies. Yes, uh, I really liked her in Adam Family Values. Oh, yes. She's good in that. Also in um, um, School the, of Rock. School of Rock. Thank you. That's yeah. School of Rock. Uh, after that, we have Sean Patrick Flannery, who's uh, one half of the uh, Boondock Saints. Yes, and I just had a just... Oh my god, I can't believe that's him moment. And he was powder. Like the movie about the dude who's yeah, all Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. I had no idea that was him until I, I tried to, I was like, oh, what else? You know, maybe I didn't know something. Obviously, it's been like science. But uh, I was like, that was him in powder? So yeah, no clue. Yeah. Um, and then Michelle Trachtenberg. Oh, uh, yes. Road, uh, not Road Trip, I'm sorry. Euro Trip. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and then also 17 again. Yeah, I don't know that movie well enough. <laughs> yeah. October 12th, Josh Hutcherson from the uh, Hunger Game movies. And Journey to the Center of the Earth, like Which part two. I like. Oh, no. yeah. He's in both of them, wasn't he? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought I was I like, sure. I like the first one a lot. And then um, yeah, same. Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. Oh, man. Thank you so much for all you do, Hugh Jackman. Even in Choppy. I like doing Choppy as a villain. That's right. You know, and yeah. Logan, obviously. Oh, no anything Logan that has noir. to do with X Men. Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, October thirteenth, Sasha Baron Cohen, who is uh, Borat, <laughs> and they're filming Borat too, right? Or they fil- finished filming, and we get to see it October twenty third. And Bruno, he's also Bruno. Bruno. Oh gosh. Um, and then <laughs> Paul Simon from uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, but yeah, Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, I don't know why, but I, I thought I pulled up the wrong person because he looks like, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going blank on the name. Sorry. But uh, the guy who owns the comic book shop in Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute. Uh, but yeah, anyways. Um, October, uh, October 14th and 15th, no birthdays. October 16th, Tim Robbins. Yes. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Also, there was a movie with um, Martin Lawrence, uh, Nothing to Lose. That was pretty hilarious. The one where his wife cheats on him? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then also Flea. Yes. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, my gosh. And uh, also, thank you for your role in Back to the Future Part 2. Thank you for your role in... Um, the Chase. The What? Oh, he's in The Chase? Yeah, he's like, uh, would you see him come and tell me quick? I was thinking <laughs> He's the guy in the monster truck. I was thinking of Point Break. Oh, you're right. Yeah. All the Red Hot Chili Peppers in Point Break. Yeah. Um, October 17th, we have Eminem, Marshall Mathers. Marshall Mathers. Uh, we also have Mike Judge, who made Beavs of Butthead and Daria. Yes. Oh, as well as King of the Hill. Thank you for all you do. And um, the, uh, was it uh, Office Space? Did you say that? Office Space as well, yep. Hey. And Idiocracy. Oh, I didn't realize Idiocracy. That's awesome. We also have Norm MacDonald. Dirty work. Oh my God, you're dirty so hilarious. Deeds. Dirty work or dirty, dirty work? Yeah. Dirty work. Yeah, dirty work. And also he was in Billy Madison, but yeah. Yes, and then also his uh, fantastic uh, comedy albums are great. Yes. And then uh, last but not least, Wycliffe Sean. Man, a name I hadn't thought of in a while. Actually, uh, I remember back in the day, uh, staying alive. Uh, that he had done, and it was like at the time of Deuce Bigelow, so it was yeah. in that soundtrack. So, oh man, yeah, I hadn't thought about it in a while. All right, so we have some news to go off of. Uh, sad news first, Eddie Van Halen uh, died at the age of 65 of cancer, throat cancer, um, oh, on the 6th of October. Uh, very sad to lose this this rock and roll uh, icon. icon, yeah. I mean, I've been, ch- I've been, I was literally like kind of shaking up for like two days, just sad. Uh, I had to have my brother-in-law come over and jam, and we played some Van Halen together just because I was just like, yeah. We got to pay respects to this guy. Rod, uh, uh, who, do you, who do you like better as the singer of Van Halen? Uh, I don't know. Don't make me choose. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, grain of salt. Okay. Grain of salt rumor. Uh, director Matt Reeves has sent home Robert Pattinson saying he's out of shape for the Batman. And so they're shutting down again because, because after, the, after all of the stuff, the oh, COVID stuff... That he said he wasn't working out. So, ah, yikes. Go home and work out, Robert Pattinson. Uh, if that's true, grain of salt rumor. Also, grain of salt rumor that Mark popped up today. Yes. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is reportedly playing a parallel universe Iron Man in one of the new MCU films. Uh, it is being reported by We Got This Covered. They're known for some of their clickbaity stuff, so we're not sure. Yeah, well, I feel like this plus your next announcement, uh, I really feel like play into the multiverse thing. I don't know. What I've heard is that Tom Cruise is actually up for the Iron Man role in the parallel universe. That was a big thing. He's actually met with him, with uh, Marvel, and we don't know what he's playing, but a lot of rumors, because he originally they wanted him to play Iron Man. So I think that would be more fun. I don't know about that. I I have like an open, my jaws hanging right now. I'm like, oh, but it's like, it's it's super neutral. It's like, whoa, this could go either way in my head. Robert Downey Jr. is done for me for Iron Man. And I'm okay with that. Yes, he's dead. Leave him dead. You, no. No, sir. Yes, I'm done with it. I'm I'm done with it. sir. All right. Speaking of MCU, it's a big day for MCU. 
as we have learned that Benedict Cumberbatch will play Doctor Strange in Spider-Man 3. This is also coming off the heels of learning that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire uh, are supposedly making a cameo in the film. If Doctor Strange is in it, and we're also getting the Multiverse of Madness, we're also getting Doctor Strange in WandaVerse, or or WandaVision, it makes me feel like all of the... um, we're going to open up all of the wormholes. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying. But And also, like, you go to into a, into a multiverse, like, everyone's supposed to look like themselves. Not Why always. all of a sudden is he going to look like Tom Cruise? Not always, because some of the multiverse stuff you see, it's like um, Peter like Parker's don't all look like each other. In, yeah, and I guess if you consider that they're bringing back all three Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Uh, but that would be, be pretty cool. Um, yeah. Natalie Portman is training to get into superhero shape as she will be female Thor in Love and Thunder. She has also hinted that the cancer story from the comic is making a comeback into the movie, which is sad. Yeah. That's but, uh, Jane, Jane Foster has cancer. And so she becomes the new Thor and she basically is Thor until she dies. Very sad storyline. Uh, Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 fame is directing a sci-fi film. Yes. Um, this was hard to read. I was like, what? And he cast Casper Van Dien as the star. Oh, my God. I misread that earlier. <laughs> Were you thinking of Casper the Ghost? I thought he was directing a movie, like a sci-fi Casper film, and I had missed. I totally, I was like speed no. reading. I just glanced over this, and I read that as he's directing a sci-fi Casper with Vin Diesel. No, that's hysterical. <laughs> I need to wear my glasses. I'm sorry. <laughs> Casper Van Dien, who uh, we all know from Starship Troopers. Could you imagine that epic piece of poop? No. I, <laughs> I would hope Tom DeLonge would be better than that. But Me too. That's why I was like, this was hard. This was yeah. a hard one. Yeah. Uh, on to more movie news. Whoopi Goldberg has said that Sister Act 3 is in development. I don't know if I need a Sister Act 3 but we're getting said, it. Nor, nor do I. Uh, you know, we're done with our news now, so let's hear from our sponsor. Hey, Mark, Halloween always brings out the spooky people, and I'm okay with that. Me too, but our sponsors may take the cake on the creepiness scale. They are Blood Be Gone. They make a spray that takes blood immediately out of all materials. I don't think I want to know why someone needs this, except for maybe, like, the normal stuff that happens in life. <laughs> The quote from them says, every murderer's best friend. So I guess maybe this is for hunters. Yeah, maybe. I didn't need to know that, though. Uh, Passengers, (laughs) you can get yourself a bottle uh, for half off when you use the code SCREAM for me, all one word, on their website. Uh, Thanks, Blood Be Gone. Yay! I'm so excited today because on the elevator pitch, it's Mark's turn and not mine. And I don't have to think because I've had a long day and I'm happy not to think. Passengers, you know the rules by now. We're getting into an elevator with the uh, producer of movies and we're giving them a up to 30 second pitch for a movie using three random words that I pulled from a word generator. So Mark, are you ready for your three words? I'm ready. Brass. Space Station Hospital. Huh. Brass Space Station Hospital. Okay, I got it. All right. So, 
there's a space station, right? Mm-hmm. We're kind of like in an Elysium type universe. Let's just say for a second, they need brass for their oxygen producing machines. They, okay. uh, you know, they break it down somehow, they use it in the catalytic reaction somewhere, but they're out of brass. And the only place that has this in this Elysium type world are hospitals. They need them for their ventilators, but we have actually kind of gone beyond Elysium and maybe Earth's a little bit better off, but Elysium's still its own thing for the elite. Well, the Earth has to decide whether or not it's going to give up its brass for the Elysium colony, the elite colony up in the space station. And battles ensue, politics ensue, and there's one man who can make all the difference in saving everyone on the space station. I don't know. (laughs) It sounds exactly like Elysium, kind of, except you don't want to save everyone on Elysium last time. I was going to say, not your best work, but I, I, you know, not also not your worst. Yeah, I know. So, hey, that's how it happens, passengers, when we get into our elevator pitch. So I want to bring up one more time. Let's go on. Congratulations to Joey on winning the uh, sticker prize pack and also getting one of our really cool new uh, membership cards, which... uh, well, I guess if we're doing the preview right now, and this is the preview, uh, we are showing, showing it off on the screen. Right. You will be the first passenger with one of these membership cards. Right. You can carry it around in your wallet. <laughs> That's right. And um, also another special thank you to Film Fit Store and their awesome shirt. That's going to go out to our winner next Wednesday night. And we will, we will answer, or rather, grade three trivia questions. And the first one to get it right gets a free t-shirt from Film Fit Store uh, for a quote movie shirt that says, movies don't create psychos, movies make psychos more creative. We love it. We love that shirt. And uh, we're excited for you guys or whoever wins to get that shirt. And another congratulations out to Joey. Yes, Joey, again, congratulations. Um, look out for your prize pack. Joey, I will be contacting you uh, for your information. And... Uh, all of y'all, good luck on the Scream t-shirt from Film Fit Store. Film Fit underscore store on Instagram. Go check them out. They've got some awesome shirts. That's right. For film enthusiasts like you and me. <laughs> yes, like you and me for sure. <laughs> All right, fellow passengers. That concludes our episode for today and this week. We hope to see you back next week. And as always, I'm Danny. And I'm Mark. And in case we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.